0: I had to shake them on my last case, big O don't play.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunts podcast. You know, I'm just going to say it. I'm one of your six hosts this evening. We have several guests on the line, not all of the hunks are here, but we've got some honorary hunks and we've got past guests. Uh, Many uh, I'll I'll consider everybody we have on the phone tonight as part of the hunks verse. So really looking forward to tonight. We're just kind of going to BS and we're going to talk musky fishing. So who do we have on the phone tonight? I'm going to start with Mr. Nick Fiesler
2: good evening i think i'm making two in a row
1: that's right Going good evening Nick. i think Man, this is three in a row maybe. you were
3: enthusiastic about podcasting tonight too there you go you were like i'm in i already had the driveway
2: plowed wade's in bed i'm good to go
3: holy cow is larissa out of town or is she oh, around yeah.
2: no she's yeah. up
3: north oh <laughs> uh, so you got to keep it down we don't want to wake wade up that's all right i'm all i'm on the other side of the house
1: that's the way to do it right there. Right. <laughs>
4: Love
2: it. He's, he's going to the musky show tomorrow, so. Ooh. that's has gotta get, oh,
1: awesome. gotta get yeah, indoctrinated. So, so we're gonna we're gonna get into
3: that here just in a moment. But uh who else we have here?
1: We also have on the line tonight, Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails.
3: Welcome. nice to be here tonight, guys. Glad to have the a uh, potpourri of of the Hunksverse. It wow. It's very much a,
2: interesting descriptor
1: i'm not sure about that one but we're gonna roll with it that sounds great so we we have three additional guests tonight and i'm gonna start with i'm gonna say an honorary hunk here mr nate bud 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 bud
5: love the show
1: love the show <laughs> i
5: just want to say I just want to say i'm Join an Iron City logger. <laughs> Bill Cower can though. Oh, you got a coward can. <laughs> I'm in the mood. <laughs> what does your shirt say? The beer drinker's beer. <laughs> you might know it. You might know it also as Iron City beer.
4: Are okay, you considered you,
2: you, is is pro staff
3: of Iron City?
5: Um, yeah, I mean influencer, not a big deal.
3: Dude, I saw I saw something randomly on on Instagram, and I don't know if it was true or not. I didn't look into it, but a collaboration between Iron City and Turner's Tea.
5: Listen, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but my neighbor <laughs> my neighbor across the street she works for a fine beer distributor in the South Side, not to be named, and a little six pack of all silver cans, no label, showed up on my front porch.
3: Oh no.
2: It
5: was it was some first batch shit. Oh. <laughs> Are
2: you serious, dude? Ultra exclusive. Yeah, like, like,
5: holy shit! Like right from the tit, and I'm just telling you, <laughs> the summer's gonna be lit.
2: <laughs> so this is like a shandy kind of thing.
5: Yeah, but it still tastes like a beer.
2: Yeah. Huh. Interesting, huh. Arnold. Like, like an might, Arnold like, Palmer.
5: Yeah.
3: It's good because Turner's tea is a whole that's a you guys up north and, and outside of Pittsburgh. You don't have the Turner's tea experience. No. I mean, it's it's a one. It's it's a it's an acquired taste. I'm going to let you
2: know a little secret, Owen. Pittsburgh's pretty
3: much
1: your own little cult. <laughs> you guys do some weird stuff down there.
3: <laughs> there is no doubt about that.
1: I will agree don't, with you there. You can't knock Turner's. I will tell you, I get the worst heartburn after I drink Turner's tea. <laughs> It is brutal. Well, That's the steel shavings. A lot of the imagine, recipe. And imagine the Mon water mixed
5: into it. Oh, yeah. the exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hard hair.
2: That's what I was always told OG, old German, was just, I just dip it right into Point
1: Park and mm-hmm. put the lid on. Go down to Mon. Go down the Mon. We also have on the phone tonight. And Craig, I'm going to butcher your last name, buddy. I'm sorry ahead <laughs> of time. I should have asked you. <laughs> How do we pronounce it? That's We're right. It's Sumrau. Sem- Sem- so we said. Yep. We got we got Craig Sam on the phone. Did, and Craig, did
6: he say Shamwow? Yeah. Shamwow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shamwow. You, you know what? That sorry, probably Craig. wouldn't be
0: that probably wouldn't be the worst I've heard. So
1: that's awesome, Craig. You're you're local to New oh, York. we don't. Craig. We don't want to go there. Yeah. I think I
3: get it. Just about better worse than anyone on yeah. Earth.
1: Yeah. We, we can go there. You know why? Because <laughs> which one of Yen's is the lawyer? we can go there all day so craig you're 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 local to new york whereabouts are you in new york
0: uh i live in tonawanda new york it's a suburb of buffalo so
1: okay bill's my home my home water
0: my home water water is the niagara river so the upper niagara river so
3: okay all right that's an that's an interesting body of water um for for many reasons i mean the current is supposed to be pretty wicked on the niagara yes yes it is
4: that's yeah awesome.
0: it can get upwards of like five miles an hour depending on certain stretches and stuff like that. and that's on the upper river so my experience is all on the upper niagara not the lower the lower gets even of course faster but the upper you know can be like upwards like five miles an hour or so so
3: all right, I want to get back to that
1: kind of the yeah, difference between the upper and lower, but yep. we'll get
3: we'll get we'll get to that. We
1: also yep. have on the phone tonight. This is big. This is big deal for us because we Our got Mexican back. correspondent.
4: <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs>
1: All right, you we don't, you don't have, have to be politically thing. correct. You're right, we we have back on the Hunks podcast tonight, Mr. Ryan Elizondo. Yes, sir.
6: What's up, boys? How are you guys? Good. Oh. How are you? Very good. 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 It's not freezing over they... here.
3: Yeah, what's the weather like out there on the West
6: Coast? Uh, we hit about the upper teens last week, but this week it's been in the 40s and 50s, so it's not bad. Oh, really? So you guys didn't get hit. I mean, this cold
3: wave that's basically swept through the entire country, it didn't didn't necessarily affect
1: the uh, Pacific Northwest.
6: Not too bad. We were just on the teens, so it wasn't horrible. All right. All well,
1: right. That's, that's uh, I mean... We've been up and down this winter, too. I don't think it's like... It's been weird. It's like... It's been yeah. really weird. We had an early snow, like, before, you know, right around Thanksgiving,
3: but then we haven't had anything since then. And it's just kind of... I mean, the entire month of January here in Pittsburgh has been rain. That's it. It's fucking rain. Yeah. My body huh?
5: doesn't like it. I was <laughs> outside in a t-shirt getting ready to go steelhead fishing with Tom... Like getting my body prepped, and then it was like, "Nah, I'll be warm." And it was like never got back, never got back to regular again.
1: You didn't actually go steelhead fishing with Tom yet, did you? <laughs> no, we he just I, stood outside Tom's window.
5: <laughs> well, that was later, but yeah, just getting ready it didn't work.
3: It gives so, you the false false
2: alarm.
5: Yeah, but I'm ready to go. I never unpacked my bag. It's sitting next to my nightstand. There you when go. When Tom calls, I'm I'll be ready.
2: The go bag. <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. When So before we get started here, I, I this was like a last minute thing. I just want everybody to know that we just ju- we just put a bunch of messages out to the hunks first and said, who wants to do this tonight? So, you know, obviously, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come on here tonight and just BS with us. But Nate, when I asked you if you wanted to do the podcast, what did you tell me?
5: When the hunks
1: call, you fucking answer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh. i
5: mean well I'm, on, I'm on a weekend vacation with my family and i was like gotta go
1: he's like I'm yeah <laughs> this is a great chance for me to get away from the family <laughs> i haven't even been with them for 15 minutes yet where are you you are you are you like at a cabin or something yeah
3: Dan ligonier. ligonier past
1: ligonier but yeah <laughs> he's out here he's out in the laurel island so up the mountains up the mountains where do we want to start here tonight because we got a couple of things to to touch on so you you start with craig maybe all
4: right let's start (laughs) with
1: craig on and and we got the uh the new york muskie expo starting tomorrow right so so uh give us a little insight how are you feeling right now you you're all prepped ready to go to the show oh yeah
0: i'm i'm super excited um my excitement level probably I wouldn't say quite rivals yours, Ryan, for, for the shows and stuff, but it's pretty close. So I can always relate when you talk, you know, when you talk about yourself and how you kind of like, you're not apologetic about it, but when your excitement really gets going and you're like, I'm sorry, you just feel this stuff. And it's kind of the same way for me. So, um, I just actually got back to my family's cottage on Chautauqua Lake. Um, And I stopped there on my way down. So I got to go see a little bit of the pre uh, pre show uh, setup and all that stuff. So it it got I'm
1: even more excited now. So I can't wait. It's like Christmas morning or Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to I got to ask Ryan, you know, do you when you when you get shows like and I know you've got to travel a good bit because you're you're kind of out there. Do you get the same type of vibe? Like, do you get excited for musky shows?
6: Yeah, it's gotten a little different though. Over the years, Chicago show kind of dwindled down. We went last year and it was the first show after COVID and it was pretty slow. But finding out this year that it was back up, everybody was buying stuff. But I get jacked seeing the new things. That's why we're uh, doing something new this year. So we'll talk about that later on. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: That's awesome. So back to Craig, you know what? Uh, I'm curious, like. You know muskie fishermen you know you're kind of right in the same mold as us we're just uh we just get out there have fun try to catch fish like what you know what are you most excited for about the new york muskie expo what are you targeting bait wise like what what are you after you know this weekend All Right. so i mean
0: i it's it's gonna sound kind of weird but after being in my first show last year which was the inaugural new york show um Honestly, the camaraderie, and it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's got to be more or less um, talking, meeting the guys, meeting some of the new guys, seeing some of the guys I met last year, um, and, and just that piece of, like, just picking brains to so the bait makers um, and, and whatnot. And then I'm looking forward to, like, bait-wise, of course, Baker's always looking to see what you know, his latest and greatest um, masterpieces
3: are, but there's a couple man, I lines. was watching the stuff he was posting on Facebook, man. He's bringing a ton of different, uh, like yeah. 30 different patterns of four inches, 30 different patterns of five inches. I mean, my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was insane. His this for his booth we actually I went
0: and stopped and saw him first tonight. And his baits are it's just his booth is incredible. The baits are incredible, his paint schemes are just second to none. They're you know, can't say enough about his baits, obviously. So I am looking forward. They got a couple Canadian bait makers here this year. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to checking them out too. So who
3: who 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 all is showing up from Canada? I know uh- Go ahead. It's Clarkie is one, and
0: Clarkie baits and BR baits. I think those are the only two that I'm aware of from Canada this year. So.
3: Now, is one of them bring? I, I thought some. I thought someone had said like someone's bringing another person's baits too. Maybe it, was it Leela lures. Oh, they are no. I think
0: the No, I don't. No, I think they're going to have their own booth. I know, like um like bucko bucko's branded baits um i know he's bringing some like he's bringing nimmers some nimmer swimmers with him. okay Um, and then mr toothy he's gonna have his own booth toothy tackle and they're um uh they're bringing somebody else now and i it escapes me now of course i'm put on the spot so (laughs) i think mr toothy's bringing some other baits too so um You know, there will be a couple others as well that are certain makers weren't able to make the show, but they're friends with, you know, said bait maker who's going to be there and they're bringing some of their baits with them.
3: So now is Leela Lures is is, are they uh, states? Are they United States or are they Canadian? They are.
0: uh, I believe they are United States.
3: Okay, All right.
6: So they make pretty pretty cool stuff.
0: I could be wrong. Don't hold me up. But I think they're U.S.
6: So Craig was—is Blue Water there too?
3: They are not. They're not. No. Okay, they were there last year. Yeah. Um. But again, there's a there's a difference between Blue Waters in a sense in that. <clears throat> the blue waters that are on the States are normally the smaller baits. You don't get, I think they do bring a, I, I think they get some of the, the bigger, uh, the bigger bait profiles, but for the most part, it's all the smaller stuff, which is more or less what sells yeah. in, you know, down here, but it's not the exact same stuff that you're seeing going for $250, you know,
1: on Facebook in in these Facebook, Facebook groups. Right. Yeah. Right. Now are you looking so for tomorrow and I'm I'm assuming Sunday too are you looking for you know trolling style baits are you looking for casting baits what are you after So I'm I'm pretty much um
0: pretty much a caster but after listening to you guys and trying to like expand on my skill set and you know techniques i'm really looking forward to adding trolling to my repertoire this year so i am looking more for trolling baits this year normally i would be more towards um glide baits jerk baits stuff like that Uh, bucktails you know you name it anything casting this year i'm focusing more of spending um my stash on trolling baits more than ever
1: so that's exciting
3: that is exciting because that's, yeah. I mean, that kind of it, it does. It opens up an entire, not only new world of baits to buy, but then you got to buy all the hardware. You know, you got to buy all the <laughs> you know rods. You got to, oh man, it yeah,
0: second it mortgage whole, on your house
4: exactly,
3: <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. It's funny because
0: I actually just recently in my travels of um you know because I'll Steve Gold of Trophy Time Leaders and Lures is yeah. um. I've helped him promote the show here locally by putting up signs and banners, and I stumbled upon a first time I ever been on a local bait shop, um, Captain's Bob's Captain Bob's Outdoors, it's called, and I had never been in there, but you know saw their stuff on Facebook and whatnot, and they've been around for a very long time. First time being in there was two weeks ago, and I'm so disappointed in myself that I have never been there sooner because they have a variety of everything in his shop and musky baits in a shop here are hard to come by unless like you really only have one with Chautauqua Real Outdoors, which is here in Chautauqua County on Chautauqua Lake. But at home near Buffalo, there are no shops that carry musky lures except Captain Bob's. So when I stumbled upon that, to my surprise, I was like, you know, a newfound candy store, so to say, for me. So, I
3: see where- the light bulb going oh. off over Nick's head right now. Yeah, where's that at on around <laughs> Buffalo?
0: Um, it is. <laughs> it's in. Cl- it's in Cl- on Main Street in Clarence, which is you know, it's a suburb of Buffalo, but it, you know, it's like a five minute suburb so yeah. from Buffalo. So, but it's Nick- Captain Bob's Outdoors, and it's it's a very cool shop, and uh, the owner Steve he Steve Hawkins. He um actually had an outdoor store, which I recently found out was Caps Hunting and Fishing, and it's where I got my first arch my bow from for archery hunting when I was like 16 years old, and I didn't even know it was like I'm just finding out all this stuff now after being there for years, you know, um that it's the same owner and 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 whatnot. So that's awesome. pretty cool. And yeah, they carry and they carry up. a
3: good selection of musky baits because you know we can't find anything. Yeah locally
0: yeah um they carry you know your uh, a lot of your typical like i, I guess you say you know mass-produced packaged baits i guess for lack of a better term but he also has um it's funny he has mr toothy baits there he has a very big selection of mr toothy's custom baits on a rack there as well and then um he has a lot of uh a lot of rods and reels he's got trolling setups He also has a lot of used gear. So that's probably where I'll tap into um, my trolling outfits to start is probably where I would tap into him there with some of his used gear. So
3: when, when I say you can't get anything locally, I mean, you know, generally your big box stores, you can't get anything in Pittsburgh, but you know, just outside of Pittsburgh, there are places like, I think Nate, you just sent me uh, what was that Mark's bait and tackle uh, in Ohio, which I know Nick and Ryan have both frequented and I've never been there, but Mm -hmm. apparently that's a place that carries a bunch of good baits and uh, musky baits and perch baits and things like that. that Mark's
2: bait and tackles great too. They uh, ship like anything you Mm -hmm. want to.
3: O'Donnell. What was it? O'Doyles or O'Donnell's? (laughs) O'Donnell's. Um, O'Doyle rules. (laughs) O'Doyle rules. (laughs) I'm, I'm
1: debating. Maybe we shouldn't talk about O'Donnell's just because of the magic wood factor.
3: Right, you know? Ryan seems to have found like any anything from a It's
2: it's hundred percent accurate. One hundred percent. You you like, pay in the a parking significant lot it markup,
1: but bait I've gone gotten there. It's insane, dude. I don't know why, and well, it's you maybe cast it's it off the us, dock. It's magic. Like, have you guys like seriously? Has anybody else just found some type of like establishment that just sells musky lures that catch fish, like? And I know we're buying like typically we're buying like Wiley's and Leo's and things like that. And even like the AZ Raptors and things that, that he, he has in stock. So they're like good baits. Like they're, they're good local baits that catch fish, but dude, for some reason, like you get, you get a specific like five and a half inch Wiley and it just gets beat on. And yeah, you know, I've got boxes and boxes and boxes of these baits and it's like the O'Donnell's ones just keep catching
3: well, I'd like to know, I know some of you guys have sent Ryan E. some baits out there out on the West Coast to see, I'd like to know how, how he's done with some of the local Western Pennsylvania bait makers like Leo's or Wiley's or anything like that.
6: So Ryan and I kind of exchanged some baits last year as well. He sent me a couple of Leo's. Um, I did actually purchase the, uh, the Magnum size and the first night out, I think I texted Ryan about it too, that night. Came in the mail, ordered it through T R O and that first night we caught a fish on it. So last that's year kidding. was a little yeah, last year was a little bit different. Uh, they definitely wanted some different stuff. I know we talked about last year supernatural baits actually worked. They the tigers aren't afraid of them. So it 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 turned out well last year. Some different stuff getting bit, which was awesome.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I have yet to put those in the water, the baits that you sent me. So I gotta I gotta get gotta get them bad boys out there and get them fished. Now that you have your own boat, hey, the world is your oyster. Yeah. It's uh it, I'm starting to understand why people say the best day of boat, boat ownership is when you buy the boat and when you sell the boat. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, while I guess while we're on this uh, you know, this topic, like Ryan, you want to give us kind of like a maybe a summary of how the season went last year and and how you started your fishing out, you know, out out your way.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So if everybody doesn't know, um, I'm from Washington state. We only have tiger muskie stocked here in seven lakes. Um, so last year I fish, uh, my home water is Lake taps, uh, started off kind of slow. We actually had a really nice gradual progression in water temps at the beginning of the year. Um, our Lake, which it is currently it's down about eight to 10 feet. So it makes a challenge to even get on the water, but they brought it up at a decent time last year and the water temperatures were able to gradually increase, um, which was great. Uh, We saw a good bite. I'm sorry to
3: interrupt, but Ryan, when you said that it was down eight to 10 feet, was that like a purposeful drawdown or was that because of, you know, climate conditions?
6: They do that every single winter uh, to take in consideration the runoff from the mountains and storms and stuff like that for the dikes because it is a reservoir. Um, So they'll do that every single season. Uh, They're not supposed to lower it as much anymore. They used to lower it like almost 20 feet down. Um, So that's been pretty wild. So every year is kind of challenging where the bite will be different. Uh, Obviously, those fish get acclimated to that drawdown every winter uh, so they they know where they need to go. There are some deep basins that are eighty to ninety feet. Uh, so they they're they're adjusted to it every single year. Um, but yeah, going into spring, we saw kind of the normal uh, gradual warm up. But then summer came and it spiked uh, hotter than it ever has. Uh, we saw eighty degree water temps for almost two and a half weeks. So I took a oh, wow hi- a hiatus for quite some time and that was the first time I've had to do it that long usually it's maybe one or two times a couple days that's it but last year was kind of an anomaly Uh, but last year was a great June I actually just shared something with our chapter today Uh, I had a really really good topwater bite in the middle of the night so anywhere I mean it was pitch black out fishing solo um, but yeah, that's probably one of the best years I've ever had on top water here, and that's something I've kind of focused on. And I think the last time I was on, we were talking about that as being one of the goals for me. um What but, do you?
3: What did you find? Like, what did you like or not like about top water? Were there any baits that you preferred?
6: Uh, it was more of a confidence thing, um and then networking with all my buddies from Utah, part of Chapter sixty five, and they catch them all the time, and just seeing it and. Caught some small ones and then all of a sudden in in the dark. I mean, tigers a lot of people don't they won't eat in the night. I mean, I've caught them on bucktails in the dark and everything, and then found the magic of something a little bit slower as a topwater versus like kind of a prop style and that that produced I think like twelve bites in a matter of three outings. So that was that was fun.
3: Oh, that's cool. So I've never I've never fished like a, a slow topwater bait, like a flap tail or something like that. I don't even own one, but I know Tom's caught fish on them. I know guys, you know, swear by them that, uh, was it spray bomb baits or some, one of those guys like does tons of top waters. I mean, I'm sorry. Flap tails, not top waters.
6: Yeah. That's, uh, what is that? The guys who do phantom bomb squad,
3: bomb squad. That's it. That's
6: it, squad that's it. That's yeah, it. That's squad. it. That's it.
3: Yep. That's
1: the, it's exactly right.
6: Yeah. I need to get my hands on one of those
1: it's like that's always the thing it's like man i need that well
3: and and that's (laughs) the thing with musky fishing is you can't just go to bass pro shops and just pick it off the shelf you gotta (laughs) find the 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 maker and if it's someone as popular as guys like dk or stuff like that you can't just like message them and say hey can i buy your bait you know it, it just doesn't happen that way the production isn't there and you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's the same type of thing with that type of a bait, but most of these guys, you can't get them unless it's, you know, a custom order or you get it at a show. That's half
6: the yeah.
4: fun,
3: the hunt.
6: Yeah. Right. Or you got to be real quick on TRO. That's yeah. for sure.
1: That's true. Well, talk about this hunt thing because I feel like it's more stressful than it needs to be because like you like every we all progress through musky fishing right like you start off like nate i don't know where you're at right now but like you you and craig are both like looking at trolling stuff and getting into trolling baits and like you know whenever i started it was always like we need the magic bait like dan and i are like getting in line for bakers at you know two in the morning at these shows and stuff and like it's that was all like the hunt is it's supposed to be fun (laughs) But when it's Sorry. not and it's stressful, it's like, what, you know, what, it, I don't know. I can't explain it. So are you guys kind of saying? It,
6: isn't it just the answer? Just typing in to the, to the post?
1: Yeah. DKs, yeah. Exactly.
6: That's all <laughs> That's it is. Difficult. That's difficult, oh, and did right? you
5: join, did you join the list for DKs yet?
6: I did. I
3: joined, but like, I'm for some reason because, all right, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, I deleted Facebook. I deleted Facebook as an app because. Two plus years ago, I was like, "This place is fucking stupid. I don't want to have anything to do with it." That's why Big O's Bucktails doesn't it doesn't even have a a Facebook profile because I don't want anything to do with it. And that's kind of my annoyance with the whole DK thing is because I don't check it all the time. Like I'm not. I guess if you're on Facebook all every day checking your grandma's status and whatnot, like you you'll catch DK's status. I'm just not. Honest, smart. Maybe I need smart to be man.
0: smart man. Smart man. Nope. I deleted
5: Facebook like you did, and then I listened to you guys talking about the DK Lord. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get See? back on. I got back <laughs> on the horse right when Ryan posted the yinzer post. It all it all lined up, and but then I was like, Tom, where do I get the damn DKs? He's like, you gotta be invited, man. You
4: got. I was
5: like,
1: you can't. Like, I, can't so get I don't it. know,
5: and I almost I almost quit again.
1: But but I'm gonna hold out. Wow you guys are it's like I, I don't even know how to explain this. Like it's not that hard. Dude. It's not it's I really can't not. be. but I, Tom
3: I, I said you why. have to be invited oh, I was if you...
6: dying on your last episode.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I think because I'm actually in the group like I can invite Nate Bud, right or Ryan, you're probably a more established member of the group. you should probably know.
1: invite Nate Bud. They I mean, might I'll... reject my uh, my invite. Yeah, you're screwed now. your your little tirade cost you. <laughs> my tirade was staff. about
3: how much i want to buy the damn baits this like how Shadow much I, I i want to buy the baits i i appreciate everything <laughs> the guy does i just don't like that process
1: you're just old. old it's all right just like the rest of us I'm old. Old.
6: hey don't feel bad oh and i still have not even had a chance to buy one of those yet it's... See? By the time you th- think you're on top of it, you check it in like three minutes. There's 700 freaking people that already Exactly. That.
3: There's like 280 <laughs> responses within like 15 minutes. And it's like, holy shit. Do these people work? Like, you're just like you're right. sitting around watching Facebook.
6: Which one of you is the lawyer?
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. Hey. Yeah, I tried to wrap my head around that process when they were explaining it to you last week, Owen, and I still, I'll just chalk it up to being old because no matter how many times or how they try to explain it, especially Ryan did give good explanations, but I was still sitting there like, huh? (laughs)
4: Like Nick
1: and I are the only ones that know how to
3: type I N. Like I know, I, d- I did, I joined
1: one I joined <laughs> yeah, right. one,
3: but it was I was like the 278th, and I know that doesn't matter, because it gets randomized but I don't know I just not feel thing. right, guys hey, my whole I thing. will
6: say, I won my first opportunity at a bait through one of those yesterday, through the Brotherhood's page, they did their own, and they had some exclusive baits they had at TRO at the Chicago show but they posted up their own uh, only like 12 of them yesterday, so and I actually won, so I'm excited. Nice. It's completely go.
2: impractical, but I really want one of those Megatrons.
6: Oh, those things are <laughs> wild.
2: Oh man,
3: I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't know that I've uh, seen those. They're like to a,
2: explain. They're kind of like, like a modern age Marge bait. They're like 17 inch long bait.
6: Okay. But just, they're massive.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
6: It it's a, a large like a,
2: Marge. Yeah. Feel like a maybe Georgian Bay, super deep.
1: I'm thinking like Lake Arthur. Sure, <laughs> Canada, dragging that thing. <laughs> I'm gonna get the plow. Out. I'm gonna get the plow out on Dota this year. It'll be it'll be like mid-April. The <laughs> Northern Basin. Ryan's trying to t-bone a 16-inch pike. <laughs> Snagging carp. That's my thing Snagging. right there. You gotta snag some carp. I still, so,
2: I still remember I snagged a carp on Pimey. And Tom was like super excited because it was some weird like mirror carp or something. That's like
1: <laughs> the carp, man. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get into my story from yesterday. But Napud, you have uh you have a uh, a fishing update for us. I know you yeah. haven't been out. What's your fishing? I haven't been update?
5: out. Uh I don't know if you guys heard, but they spotted a seventy inch muskie out in front of Heinz Field. <laughs>
2: I thought it was, I thought they changed the name. That's right.
5: No, it's still called a muscle lunge. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got fat eating that shit coming out of the uh, Alcoa plant and stuff. It
2: was on the same bulking program as Bettis.
1: Yeah, yeah, real big.
3: Nah, man, you can talk about
1: Acershire Stadium. I saw I saw that post by the way. So were gonna-
4: our, our, buddy,
1: our buddy Jake. That was a heck of a fish, man. I know. I've
5: seen it. I was going across the T over the Panhandle Bridge and it came out almost almost <laughs> ate the T. I'm going to hang one of those big trebles off the T going right across the bridge.
2: I have no idea in top water. Any, any of those geographical references. You dude, go, you don't oh. know what the T
1: is? Oh, come on, dude.
5: It's a, it stands for trolley. No, it doesn't stand for trolley. It stands for transit. No.
3: Transit Maybe. does it? I don't even know. Doesn't I I stand trolling. for trolley.
5: No, that blue, somebody told me that I was like, "Well, that's so, dumb."
1: So Pittsburgh's
2: Pittsburgh's a cult.
1: Explain, yeah. explain to Nick what the T is, please. The T is a light
5: rail operated by the Pittsburgh Regional Transit Authority that runs from Library
3: to Heinz Field.
5: Now, is that <laughs> it, is like the,
3: it is like a ha- It is like the most half-assed subway system <laughs> you, you well, could ever imagine. It's an above-ground subway it goes almost nowhere
5: and it only goes underground when it goes under the river
3: and and it's down got down really down. just one destination and that's the South Hills which really yeah. nobody really wants to go to so and you i guess i should specify
5: cuz the... cuz you guys yeah you have to library get off of that and
2: then get on the incline
5: library's a town in the South Hills it's not an actual library
2: right i've been to the library gun club yeah, yeah? <laughs> for, wait for their gun bash no
5: for a oh. Oh. oh, the gun club. Yeah.
2: yeah.
5: All right.
3: I'll have but to. Uh, to all right, Ryan, that. you going to rain this one in I here? I'm to rain. I know. <laughs> I'm trying. I,
1: I, uh, I was thinking about I'm this. Sorry. Because whenever Nate was talking about the tea, the only thing I could think of is like French fries at the L.
5: Listen, if those oh, windows open. Oh, my God. Oh. If the tea windows opened, I'd be dragging a lure across the lawn every day to work.
1: <laughs> every day. My my The office that I work out of. I probably shouldn't say this, but the office that I work out of is down in the waterfront. Okay. In my window, I literally look at Duck Hollow every single day. And I think to myself. neighborhood in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think to myself, why am I not fishing? It's ridiculous. But <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll have to get, uh, we, we have somebody on this phone tonight that is going to be making a trip in to our local area at some point. We'll have to get him up to speed on uh, all of our Pittsburgh references. They're going the to have local
3: be- customs, yeah. Write yeah. a bunch of weird weird. I, don't know. Words I might be our- coming back
6: <laughs> saying memes.
1: You might. You might be. Let's talk about that for a minute.
2: <laughs> you get in the wrong part of town, you
1: start saying, yuz. Uh, yuz. So what we have, so the New York Muskie Expos this weekend, we kind of touched on that with Craig. but We've got we're probably exactly a month out close to 30 some days from musky max and musky max is our local, you know, musky show. It's been around for a number of years prior to, you know, some of the history with that, the Butler high school, things like that. I think Sean Lea party kind of took on that responsibility after they called it quits with the Butler high school and transformed it into what it is today, which to me is one of the premier musky shows. So we have, uh, let's talk about this for a second. So who's going to be flying in from a very far distance to visit with us at Musky Max?
6: Well, some half Mexican from Washington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how did how did we talk you into making the trip out here from Musky Max?
6: I don't know. You guys didn't have to talk me in too much. Like I said, we usually go to Chicago, but wanted to see something different. I mean, like we always talk to different bait makers that are out your guys' way, stuff that you'll never see at the Milwaukee show, the Chicago show, or the Minneapolis show. I mean, you got extreme, you got Shaw's, you got all those guys that you're never going to see that stuff out that way in the Midwest. So and that's uh, kind of crazy. That's
3: kind of crazy. If you think about it, like we've, we've talked a number of times on this podcast about how small the musky world is in ge- is in general, you know, like it's just not an industry dominated by big companies, but not only that, it is so regionally, I guess, dependent that you can't even get regional musky baits out west that we have here. Do you know what I mean? And we can't get baits from out there over here. So there is an actual benefit to coming in here and going to Musky Max or any show like that because you can actually get the baits where you can't get them shipped to Seattle you know, you can't just get anything shipped out there. You gotta like show up at the show and get in line and and buy the thing. That's so, it's so
2: crazy. Just the subculture, even like like from us, you know, you know, Craig and I are kind of closer to the Chautauqua. There's like that, you know, Niagara River, you know, sub sub group of bait makers, and then Pittsburgh, and then uh the, like St. Clair, and and none of those baits ever come to. Like our show's here, and it's it's very, very localized.
1: I did, uh, while, you're, yeah. while you mention that, I got to say this, because I, I don't know if we talked about this at all, but maybe we'll get into the Ohio show since I was there. But Yeah, I definitely I, want to talk about that. I did, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but there is a possibility that Ziggy is going to be on board for Musky Max Ooh. next year. This year? Next oh, year. Next year. Next year next year. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, but I talked to his son and he said he was really looking hard at that and maybe wanted to make the trip out. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
6: Ryan, did you get your net from Ohio? Yeah,
1: I, uh, I did some damage out there and it was like, you guys ever like walk into or have a scenario? Like I, I always kind of like think about buying a car, you know, you spend money, like, like tons of money, super fast. And you're kind of just like standing there, like stressed out and like sweating. That's how I felt in Ohio. (laughs) Cause normally like go to a show, I'm there all day. Like I can kind of like, you know, bounce around and like buy one here, buy one there. If I want to go back to a booth, I can go back. There was none of that. Cause we were, had a couple of things like, um, I don't want to get into this too much, but we got a family, we got two family members in the hospital right now and I did, we didn't want to spend a whole lot of time out there. I I just wanted to do it to clear my head, so it was kind of like in and out scenario. Like we drove literally seven hours to spend two hours at the show, grab lunch, and then made our way back. So it was kind of a uh, it was fast. Everything happened very quickly, you know. And it, just to kind of talk about Ohio, like when you walk into the Ohio show, if you guys have ever been there. Like the last couple of years I've been there, like Thorn Brothers is always up front. Like you walk in the door and you got Tony Grant sitting there and he's at his booth, like front center of the show. And then behind him is typically a couple of booths and you got Thorn Brothers. Well, with the net, you know, like I knew I wanted to buy my net from Thorn. I kind of like walked in, spent 150 some dollars and then walked right back out to the car. Cause I didn't want to haul that thing around the entire show. So it was like, <laughs> It was a lot of that. It was uh, it was bouncing around, but I will say Ohio was a lot busier this year than I've seen it, you know, even on a Saturday there was tons of people while we were there, you know, in a two hour window. I don't think I've ever been really like elbows to elbows with people at that show. And it was very much like that. You know, a lot of the booths like extreme super busy, you know, the Boschad booth was busy. Um, Marshall booth was busy. It just every booth I went to there was just people packed in there and even like Steve gold stuff like there was probably three or four or five guys you know in the booth at that time and I'm like man this is this is way different than my experience at Ohio has been so that's a good thing you know you want to see people at these shows and you want to see these guys like sell them product because you know realistically it's all part even though we're not really industry guys like it's important to see that
3: I think that bodes well for uh for musky Max, you know, to, to or I mean really for New York too. Just that people are out and about and going out and buying baits. You know, hopefully hopefully that will turn out with, with uh New York tomorrow and Muskie Max in a month. I was, yeah, I was getting all worked up about Bosch ads today, watching I had to put on uh
2: Kevin Goldberg's YouTube channel in the background today while I was working.
1: It was that was probably my favorite booth in Ohio this year because I I got to spend a lot of time I I talked to Kevin for a while um, I got to talk to Paul for a while um, just you know I I was after a ten inch boss and he had one left on the rack when I pulled up there and uh, did not take much prodding from Kevin to get me to buy that one I was all over it I kind of knew I was gonna buy it while it was it was hanging there but. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's fun, and that's what these shows are about. You know, like Craig, like tomorrow Sunday, you know, that's the type of stuff. Like, I hope you guys have three, four, five, six guys in a booth at a time. You know, for the duration of the show, because that's that bodes well for you know everybody that's involved with it. And you want to see guys out there having fun, and you know, maybe not spending so much money, but that's all part of it too. Like the walk walk in there,
0: right? For sure. You
1: know, I do think it does seem like
0: there's for the New York show this year. And of course last year was the first year. So it's always going to, should hopefully always get better um, as it gets going. But it definitely seems like from the Facebook group, at least on there, we're definitely more, uh, more feedback, more interaction, stuff like that from a lot more people. Um, So a lot more people saying they're going to be there. So hopefully they actually are there and show up. So it does seem like it's, they should be. It should be better this year than last year,
4: for
2: sure. That's what we. I think we've talked about it a few times. I feel like that's just a, you know, a new show. You got to build that base and yeah through. Yeah, for that sure. Really takes off.
1: Looks like the weather's going to be half decent, though, right? Like you're not seeing any snow or anything like that. We got some um, snow well, last night, but
0: yeah. Yeah. We, we actually got a little bit today too, but I don't think tomorrow and Sunday there's not, but whatever comes is going to be like tonight, but then that's it. And it's not, you know, you're talking a couple inches most. So.
2: And I think it's supposed to warm up to like right around uh, freezing tomorrow during the day too. So. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: That's uh, I mean, a lot of guys we kind of talk about the location (laughs) of that one. Like to me, I mean, there's so much history there with Chautauqua. Like it, it's kind of cool like being at that hotel and then you look out the window and you see Chautauqua Lake right there. Yeah. It almost makes you want to just go like you just want to, you just want to put the boat on and go. Yeah,
0: it was. That's how it was for me last year. You know, it's so tough. Like I definitely um, envy you guys for your season you have um, because here, you know, It's December. Well, it depends on the body of water, but for the most part, the latest you're fishing here in New York is December 15th. And then uh, third, as early as June 1st, but um, could be the third Saturday in June too. So definitely having this makes me want to go, you know, hit some shoreline um, in PA with the show like this and
3: that. So
1: Yeah. You could feasibly do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not
3: that far away at all from, from yeah. a, some decent PA waters for that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've picked, I got my PA license and I get my muskies, you know, my muskie stamp and all our tag, whatever you guys call it there. Just, I learned about that from you guys. So I started buying that a couple of years ago and, um, and I just started doing boots on the ground, you know, kind of almost like scouting with hunting. Um, I, st- I have fished some from PA waters from the shore. Um, it's definitely has its challenge. You know, you got to put in the time and, and, and you're scouting almost like you are public land for hunting. And that's really what I was doing. I was using like OnX the on X app that I have for hunting. I just started, you know, used the PA fish and game commission or whatever their website is, you know, it's very, um, a great database for finding waters at least in PA that have musky, and I used that and started using on X and just scouting like that and the biggest thing is boots on the ground I was even scouting out places when I didn't have my musky gear with me but just wanted to go scout places out for access and then could I access it at a certain spot and then was it like a fishable locate like did it look like it had fish in those areas that i found so
1: that's all that's all good stuff because i think and i don't know how you how everyone else feels here but you know a lot of times if you take the time to do that like you're gonna set yourself up for success later like i don't know you know people do that in general
3: yeah i know nick 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 pays a lot of attention to that type of stuff, right? Like uh bodies that are stocked and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, like yeah. just you know, just to know where where your right. percentages are better. I mean, if obviously if someone wanted to start someplace that, that you know, statistically they would want to go to what's been stocked the most here in That's Pennsylvania. What, in the
2: in the deep dregs of winter, I end up going <laughs> on to like Muskie's Inc.'s lunge log and looking at bodies of water and yeah, sometimes I'll even you know, sort by
0: size
3: and baby a, oil involved.
2: Yeah. Do some percentages, of uh, <laughs> big fish versus small fish.
0: Gets, I mean, that's even, that's even like, Ooh, that's you know, a big
3: fish, right.
0: You know, even Owen and, and, and Tom and Ryan, you guys, I know I picked your brain a little bit here and there and, um, it's helpful. And I'm anybody I ever ask, like I've reached out to a couple other people, friends and that before. And I don't even want, I'm willing to put in the work, the effort and i'm not when i do ask people i don't i'm not asking for a spot but can you like point me to a town where i should start or something at (laughs) least you know so if i can get any information like that i'm always willing to you know i'll ask i'm not afraid to ask and i'm not looking for spots but i'm like hey can you point me like in a at least a 10 mile stretch or something and i'll a, a place to start you know so
4: yeah yeah
1: it's important sometimes it's important to have it you know, like you got to have a, everybody's got to have a starting point. Like if I if I jumped on a plane right now, went out to Washington, you know, like I would have no. Ryan, I'd be calling. You, you'd be like, where? tell me where to go here. Like I'd be I'd be asking for spots at that point, like going across the country.
6: Well, I was going to say, like some of the state's DNR websites are really, really good about showing the stocking history. Some are not. Washington's not the best for them, especially obviously for the Tigers. But one of the ones that is really good is Idaho. Idaho shows every single year the amount the size they're stocking everything like that and I mean some of the states really go in depth to uh to help you figure out which lake is is going to be productive or not. So I feel like Pennsylvania
3: does a fairly good job of being uh you know transparent about what's stocked and what is not.
2: Yeah they tell you the size that gets stocked the number
3: and And then, I mean, they will pretty much make it open season. If you, if you say, Hey, you want to come help stock? Like they'll tell you when they're stocking muskies and you can go to a body of water and actually watch them be stocked and be a part of the process, which is pretty cool. I mean, they they pretty much make that an open request for volunteers every time they they're going to stock.
4: Yeah.
2: I think think Joel, a lot of times will send out an email
3: Yeah,
1: through the musky
2: zinc chapter and
1: the other thing that's super helpful at least for pa i don't know like you know ryan washington craig of new york does this too but the past biology like the biologist reports that they post like the, the tough part <laughs> is that they don't have enough resources to get biologist reports on on every lake every year but even within the last couple of years like dude that's been a huge help for me like I, i've looked at some of the local lakes here like i've got a lake probably 15 minutes from my house that's supposed to have tigers in it. You know, I go out and I see like these biologist reports, like, okay, they, they might've shocked like one or two up, you know, however big they were it at least gave me an idea, you know, of like percentages and things like that. But that doesn't always, you know, that doesn't always give you results. Cause I've spent days and days and days out there trying to catch a tiger. And I've never even seen one on that lake. You know, I hear stories all the time, guys in their little bass boats telling me like, hey, yeah, I saw saw a a muskie here the other day and I've never seen one ever. But, you know, some of that stuff you translate it and then like you guys are talking about the percentages and like the stocking. I mean, just looking at that and picking different waters, I mean, that's put a lot more fish in my net being on a higher percentage body of water.
3: Well, okay, so we're talking about you know, Ryan E's situation out, out West in Washington, which is purely 100% stocked hybrids, right? That's correct. Okay. And then we're talking about some of our lakes, which are once had natural reproduction, but today it's highly questionable as to whether there's any natural reproduction and it's mostly a stocked fishery, right? So can we, we agree on that?
1: I don't necessarily, I don't know if I agree on the inland bodies, like some of the lakes. Like if you look at Pima, like a lot of our reservoirs are not, I don't know that we've had muskies in there. Now correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I don't know that they're. Oh no, no.
3: Obviously muskies wouldn't be naturally in, in Pima tuning or, you know, a reservoir like that. They would have been
2: in the watershed.
3: But what I mean is like, it's, it's a natural fish in that watershed, but it is, obviously sustained by stocking
6: right Not, no yeah. natural okay. reproduction is that what you're saying right, right. i mean right.
3: very little i, I mean I, I you hear people talk about that there it might be some natural reproduction in some of the tributaries that have you know the the right type of water flow but for the most
1: part no it's yeah. it's a 100 sustained stocking
2: a, no significant natural reproduction
1: see they right. uh fish and boat did it. this was a couple of years ago at Muskie max they did a whole seminar on like a lot of the a lot of the uh reporting and testing and everything else they did on the west branch of the susquehanna and they've actually found like higher numbers of natural reproduction there and,
2: and i don't one, know like one area where they've like really exploded
4: because
2: mm-hmm. like,
1: they were not native to that River okay, system. so that was still stock then. Initially, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Like Craig, like do you, like the Susquehanna goes up into New York, right?
0: Yes, it does, and that's like way almost the other side of the state from where I am. But yeah, okay. it does. It is yes. Yeah, it's it does come it's like New- us
3: talking about fishing the Susquehanna, <laughs> you know, over here on the that's on the west side right. of Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. But so we have we have Ryan E with a purely stocked hybrid system. We have us with you know, kind of a, a natural. You know, the fish are naturally here, but it's mainly sustained by, uh, you know, synthetic reproduction. But Craig, in Chautauqua, or let's say, even Buffalo Harbor of Lake Erie, right? Are those, those are those are stocked? Right? I mean, Chautauqua is stocked heavily. Correct. Ch- Chautauqua is stocked heavily. Yes, um, but there's there is- also. There is there's also supposed to be uh natural reproduction. Yes.
0: Um, some people do argue that there's not, but um, and then there's others that say there is natural reproduction on Chita why would Florida. you why
3: would there be a closed season if there if there was natural reproduction? I, I if there agree. wasn't, I'm sorry.
0: I right, I agree. Um, and I've seen, you know, whether whatever the success rate is, I couldn't tell you, but there's certain Creeks and locations on Chautauqua that you can physically see the muskies come up and spawn in, you know, early spring or uh, late, you know, early to mid spring, whatever.
3: So well, they'll
1: come, they'll come up and spawn.
3: Well, technically who successful. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, well, they'll go through the motions
1: pretty the, much right. anywhere. There's another element to this too, because stockfish typically have their fins clipped in New York. Right? In New York, right. so yeah. I've caught fish on Chautauqua. Is that like a
3: circumcision? Yeah, sort
4: yeah, of.
1: I've caught fish but on Chautauqua fish that do. did not have you know <laughs> fins clipped. I was—I just breezed right over that one. I tried to keep going. <laughs> so you've but, caught fish on Chautauqua, like j- yeah. younger fish that are that <laughs> like thirty, don't like upper thirties. Like I've caught—I caught you know we've caught some fish. It was like <laughs> upper thirties. They didn't have their fins weren't clipped, and we've caught fish there that had them clipped. So. I mean, what does that tell you? Like, I, I would that would lead me to believe that those fish are natural, right? Like, somewhere. yeah, absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. From my understanding, they rotate like, you know, I mean, I don't know what the rear lower fins are, but you have like the pectoral fins and then there's two kind of like, I don't know what you call it on the hip. Sure. Anal like, fins.
1: like Owens always go into the bottom. But they, but yeah. they rotate.
2: <laughs> Each year class, so like every four years, it starts to repeat. Their anus.
4: See, I didn't, I didn't know that they rotated like that.
2: Yeah. So that's so like in an ideal world, if you had the fish, you'd be able to narrow it down between yeah. the size of the fish and which
6: yeah. fin is clipped to
3: figure out where you're trying
6: thought. so hard to keep a straight face. I know, and it's
3: butthole. They tried. Bunch a of bunch of
6: butt stuff. <laughs>
3: Oh man! <laughs> all right, Ryan, keep but, us back on track. I'm trying, dude. You're you're <laughs> off the
0: quick, quickly, that the Niagara River, the Buffalo Harbor, and Niagara River is all natural,
1: right? So that's it. Yeah, that's cool. The, the so land of that monsters. Ju- it
3: just fascinates me. The whole Buffalo Harbor versus you know Lake Erie, Presque Isle, and stuff like that. That you know you get these absolute monsters in buffalo harbor but with all the guys that are out there fishing in Prescott bay and outside of it like you don't i mean you hear about them but you don't (laughs) see them nearly as as often am i am i wrong in saying that
2: no but it is uh like there's a significant number of people you know you go out walleye fishing and you just pull up your bait and it's just a clipped offline. The head's gone. Well, the, I'm just saying your line's just cut. Like not your lure's gone. Who knows? Yeah. And that, who knows? Maybe it's you
0: know, the lake and that's monster. Re- that's really crazy to me to think too, like just the Presque Isle area. You know, you if you comparatively take like Buffalo Harbor and then you take the Presque Isle area and just how that uh I guess like with all the little islands and bays and stuff like it just blows my mind that it's not a bigger... And, and maybe people aren't making a big deal. I mean, maybe people aren't
3: making a big deal out of it. I don't know. But no, you're exactly right, Craig. That's exactly my thought.
2: I think part think- of it is the... uh Because it used to be a big, big thing. And we also used to have like a waterfront power plant there that had like a <laughs> warm water discharge year-round. Yeah. But right. it was pretty much right where that warm water mixed with like the navigation channel. Is where everybody used to troll. And now that power plant's been gone since like 1995 or something like that. Okay. And ever since then, there hasn't been it hasn't been the same, if that makes any sense. So I think yeah. maybe the combination of the rivers coming into the Buffalo <laughs> Harbor, because the Buffalo River River comes right in there, right?
0: Yeah, the Niagara River. Yeah. The Niagara, the Niagara river, river. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But doesn't the Buffalo River oh, yeah. come into yeah, the harbor?
0: Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: So, I think, yeah, it's probably the- some factors of those. What are they but 90 think- miles apart, maybe?
4: What oh, yeah, 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 Buffalo yeah.
3: Harbor yeah. and Presque Isle, 90 yeah. miles, maybe. Yeah, oh, you but guys it's think- think- go ahead,
1: Craig.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, it's also surprising me too, though. Like, you take the but, like, Nate, you're saying, like, Buffalo River, but even like Cataragus Creek's a pretty big creek and it goes off, you know, a decent depth of water pretty far away from the um from the lake itself and all that it just blows my mind like you see these creeks and rivers like creeks in pa virginia west virginia stuff like that did you you have such a musky population and and it just i don't know if it's guys aren't (laughs) putting the effort in here in new york or but you the guys that are the few guys that i know are aren't catching anything in those Streams and or like those creeks, like Cataracts Creek or Buffalo River, at least not that it's known or they're making it known either, which that right. could be another thing. But it just, it's mine, I it just kind of like blows my mind that those bodies of water don't hold like a substantial amount of musky. So,
1: think, like, think about this too. Mm-hmm. Like, every every lake, like, every system, like, a lot of our rivers get this, like depending upon the time of year you've got like different runs of species of fish that come up into these areas, right? Like think about Prescal, like it starts with what the pike, like the pike go up in there and then you probably get some smallmouth and like whatever that, whatever that ends up being like, there's always, that's what,
2: you know, I mean it's packed full of shad pretty much all winter. Mm
1: -hmm. Like you would think that there has to be fish there, right? It's I just, think it
2: might even be like a case of there's too much other bait. Maybe.
1: yeah. It's interesting. And there's a lot
2: of like Presque Isle that's just inaccessible. Like it's the weeds are right to the surface. You can't, you can't even get a boat in there most of the yeah. summer.
1: Yeah. It's uh, th- it's crazy to think about all this. Cause we've got, like, I consider Lake Erie, like that to me is like the world-class walleye fishery. And like Craig, you guys probably see like a lot of that too. Like up in Buffalo, like there's just a lot of good fishing different times of the year. And yeah. it's just it's just so it's crazy to think that you know a lot of us don't even take advantage of that stuff. You know, like I I used to go up all eye fishing on Erie for years and years and years, and probably the last five, six, seven years, I I haven't done it at all. You know, and like you hear like how easy it is to limit out, and you know you get those days where there's just tons and tons of fish in there, but. <laughs>
2: And that's what, like yeah. right at the opening of walleye season, like mid-May, there's a lot of little muskies that get caught right in shallow. Yeah. And there's 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 some big ones too.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a lot of them are, you know, we do have a world class fishery. You know, you're in the Buffalo area, it really is. And I think like growing up here, being born and raised here, you take it for granted, so to say. So it's almost like it's almost like the same as Niagara Falls. Like You know, I grew up a seven minute car ride from Niagara Falls and Niagara Falls is like nothing to me, you know, but it's so, but it's cool when I have friends or family from out of town who've never been there and see their, like, see their awe of it. But it's one of those things like, oh, Niagara Falls, big hoop, people actually come here to see that, you know, so.
1: (laughs) Nate, we got some world-class fisheries down around here.
5: We got tons of them.
1: Tons of what type of world class fisheries we have down here, Mon,
5: the uh, Montgomery Lock and Dam,
1: lower, lower end of it. <laughs> tried, I'm trying so hard to get my Yinzer fishing
0: it, report out of you. Is that where that seven? Is that where that seventy was?
1: Yeah,
5: it jumped over the dam, went down, trying to get near Donnie's neck of the woods.
3: <laughs> it tried. You try. mean, trying to it was trying to get up to Dawnsies.
1: Donsey's in the Dawns- strip. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, where are we going with this? Because we got we've touched on a couple I, things here. Well, I I
3: think did we did we really? I mean, I know you talked to the, to Ryan E a little bit about him coming in here, but you know, did we really get to like why? You know, what about this show? Like. <coughs> Made you say, "Hey, okay, I want to go here" as opposed to the to the Chicago show. I know, obviously, there's different vendors, but is there anything in particular that, that, that you were like, "All right, here, here's why I want to come here"?
6: I don't know. It just seems uh, I've done the same thing year in, year out, going to the Chicago show. Yeah, I see friends and everything because that's where I'm originally from. But you know, making new networking, networking with other people, and coming that way, um, it's. It's going to be fun. I mean, I I know quite a few people within the industry that are going to be there as well. Tony, Greg, um, John, Betty from Stealth Tackle, all these guys I I know from over the years. Um, but it's it's I don't know. It's just something new. It's just like trying to fish a new body of water.
3: You you want to go. That's you gotta awesome.
6: See it. You got to go see yeah. it firsthand.
3: Absolutely, and that's that's kind of what I wanted to to hear. Is like you know just kind of like the the idea of expanding the horizons. Like you can go to the same shows every single year, but is that really, you know, moving you forward, so to speak?
6: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the Chicago show hasn't really changed too much. Um, there hasn't been anything crazy different in the industry. But I'm one of those people that has likes to see things firsthand before purchasing them, and that's the best way to do it. Even, I mean, I'll of course buying stuff on TRO. And usually, it's stuff that I've had before or right. something that's uh, a once you know exactly what you want.
3: Then you can order, you know, all, all everything you want from TRO. But, you know, I agree. Like, you want to be able to put that thing in your hand.
6: Exactly. And I, I already told Donnie that he better uh, better stop me from having to check a bag on the way home.
1: <laughs> oh, that's you're, you're in the wrong group, dude. We're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This. this is
3: not the group that we're not in the I, restraint. I know what field. I'm into. <laughs>
1: I know exactly. I know. I, I can tell you right now. There's probably two or three booths that you're going to look at. I can almost guarantee you're going to buy a bait from.
6: Oh yeah, I've got a whole list. It's here. Oh wow, <laughs> look at that! It's hey, regular. he's an- he's another prepper,
1: dude. He's got a list going. I've got my I've Husky got map. somewhat
6: of a list. Terminal tackle's always on the list too. So that's one of the biggest things nobody gets. But like I said, well, you can't get everything here.
3: Steve Gold with uh yeah John Trump, was it trophy time leaders he's like the terminal tackle kind of leader around here i mean he's the one that's going to be you know you you, anything you need
1: he's he's got yeah steve john john betty too i mean he's like stealth uh, tackle stealth i mean he saved he saved my butt in ohio he was the only one that had nit left
2: oh really
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited
2: for the uh uh Chaos tackle is going to have the heavyweights. Oh,
4: yeah, the new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah be
6: excited this weekend. Yeah, what's yeah, that? They
4: had
0: some. They had some good. They had some good color. I got to check them out tonight. They had a. Oh. They had a. You know, wasn't a large selection. At least not what they had up at that at the time when I was there. But they had some like, they had some really good colors. So.
2: So heavyweights Owen or like a glide. Bait oh yeah, the glide were, bait. That's right. The, I'm like, sorry. I, pretty, pretty much I get as, it. as sought after as the DKs. Um, and then the maker actually passed away and now I guess chaos tackles taking them over and
3: yeah, I think I saw, I thought, I thought I saw Steve gold, uh, said something about like, he kind of, I guess the family of the, the owner of heavyweight after he passed away, asked Steve to kind of, you know, figure out how to sell the business. And that's, I mean, that's cool. I mean, that's, that's what these mom and pop. Think about it. If someone dies, like their bait goes away unless somebody unless somebody, you know, figures, learns how to build that bait prior to them passing away or buys the proprietary, you know, information, which Mm -hmm. I'd prefer people learn how to make the bait and then kind of take it over. Kind of like the way Leo did. But, uh, you know, as opposed to just buying it. But hey, I mean, whatever, whatever it takes to keep a bait going. I think that's important.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey! Real quick, did anybody else see what happened to John's trailer in Ohio?
6: No, I no. heard something about it, but I
1: I don't know what it actually happened. So apparently, somebody pulled up during the show, pulled up to his trailer, and cut the lock off and stole his trailer from the parking lot.
4: Oh.
6: So
1: I don't know. I saw like, Tony I
6: don't, post something about it. I thought it was a joke or something.
1: Yeah, the because he thought I think he thought it was a joke. Like I, I think they thought somebody was messing with them, but apparently they looked at the footage on the cameras and like some white truck backed up, cut the lock and just stole the trailer. Oh, um, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I, I can't even, imma- I can't even imagine. And you know, what's messed up. Like they, so I read a post. It was, they said it was like a white truck. And I swear to you guys, like <laughs> yesterday I saw like three different white trucks hauling a trailer. And I was like, I was going to grab my phone. I was like getting ready to make a phone call. It's like, this is so ridiculous. That's like such an ugly thing. Ah, oh, you think about like how much stuff he had there and you need to have a trailer to haul that stuff. Like I felt terrible after I heard that. That's just
3: and all of this recently... stuff is so personal, you know, like you, you, you yeah. create, you create whatever, the, I'm sure whatever was in the trailer and you know, however he had it organized was very personal to him. I mean, that just, that's just awful. I,
6: just I mean, you're, John you're had putting in, in the show. You're...
1: Mm-hmm. you're
0: putting in the effort time and money to go there and and, and be and then something like that happens Just, right
1: that's horrible yeah it's miserable i hope that at some point they recover that i don't know what the chances of that are but man, so it's, the it's trailer brutal.
2: seems like it would be tough to tough to hide yeah. but... where,
1: where are you gonna put it at <laughs>
4: right
3: uh, actually time. i mean i mean honestly if you're going through the if you're going through the trouble to cut off a lock and do all that stuff right you probably have a lot that you're trailering this stuff to and keeping it that's just not like i have any experience with this as a criminal defense lawyer <laughs> which one ends as a lawyer but <laughs> normally it's you're keeping it someplace like uh high high-end you know equipment theft is nothing new right No, but it sucks. I mean, I mean, any type of theft just sucks, but you just got to be careful, man. Got to be careful. But if whatever you have is worth nothing, then, hey,
1: you're cool. Like, that's kind of the way I look at shit. That's definitely not the case for John. I wouldn't think. I mean, that trailer probably expensive.
3: Oh, fuck. Yeah.
1: You don't even know what else he had. He could have had most of the stuff in the show, but sometimes guys will keep like extra boxes and stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Don't have room at your booth. Like, it's it's just miserable.
6: I spoke to John a few weeks ago, too, and talking about him coming to the max. Uh, Not sure everybody's aware, but he will be bringing product for Musky Mayhem. So some of the the grenades and stuff like that will be there. Okay, cool. That's what he
2: typically does. Typically brings that stuff, stealth stuff.
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty down because what happened? I went to Thorn Brothers picked up that net, and I asked the guy, and I was like, "Hey, do you got do you guys have any Nipex?" And he's like, "Our box disappeared. Like they were, I think they were at Chicago," and he he told me he's like, "We just never found the box of leftover Nipex, so they didn't wow. have any. They didn't have any there." And I was like, oh. and you know, I was just like, the one of the last booths I hit was John's, and he had one left." You know, I was just like, "Oof!"
3: All right, so Ryan, give me the honest opinion now that you've had the Nipex in your hand, and now that you've had the Odoyles in your hand.
1: Well, I mean, I knew this was going to happen. I mean, the, the Nipex There's not
3: even—it's not even close. It's not like, even—it's not
1: even freaking close. It's really not. And I'll be honest, like the Nipex are pretty steep, dude. I think I spent ninety-five dollars on the pair of Nipex and the leash for it. Because I figured, like, if I'm gonna do this, like, and and this was this was Deanna too. She's like, if you're gonna buy those, buy the freaking leash for it, so you don't lose them. i will probably still find a way to lose them, but you know, it ninety some dollars. That's uh, what do you leash it to? Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because you guys are gonna laugh at me, but okay, so you guys know I fish with Todd, and Todd has this really awesome mechanism to essentially control his like board lines, like out on St. Clair and you send those big boards over you
3: mean to- Todd Lee a party.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leo. So you know how the board lines go out and sometimes like, it's hard to reach for them. Things like over the side of the boat to pull, pull them back towards you to hook up and send a clip down. Well, he uses dog leashes like, like a high end dog leash from like Petco. Uh-huh. And just attaches it to that line, and then you basically just grab the leash and pull it in, and you hit the little lock on the leash, and it keeps it tight to the boat. I'm gonna do the same thing with. So I'm I'm gonna set up. Uh, I got a little tool. I got an idea. I have these like extra rod holders, like the vertical ones. I'm gonna find a way to get them mounted in the back corner of my boat, and I'm gonna rig up like a dog, like two different dog leashes, and I'm gonna have one for the Nipex. And I'm gonna have one for the boga. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it on a on a leash. So look Ryan. at Owen shaking his head, dude. It's gonna be magical. I'm <sighs> Ryan,
5: are you gonna cut your own like metal strand wire and make it like to length? Or are you buying something pre? Because that's what I was gonna do with lot, like rod leashes for mine. But uh, you have to have like a special tool, the to, um swaging tool or whatever to crimp it. I could not find one for like oh, under dude. 90 bucks. And I'm like, I'm it, not
1: even messing with this. I got rod leashes on Amazon, baby. Say it, like, so did I. Yeah, I bought I these like, like four for 20 bucks. Yeah. But are they just like curly,
5: curly thing? Or is it like metal, like stranded wire in it? I don't want no, no stranded
3: wire. They were wire. just curly. They were just regular ass, like curly. I don't yeah.
1: know, bungee cord type things, right? Yeah, But mine are super thick, though. They're yeah, like, they're
3: see, thick, but they're still like they're just bungee cords. Nate Bud's my problem. Nate Bud's my worried
2: problem, about catching big fish. Well, my problem
5: inches. is because I didn't. I my my trolling setup. You know, like I talked to you guys about before. They're just essentially clamped onto the back. So I'm envisioning when they go overboard into the water, I need something strong enough to hold my rods. You know, so that I can at least salvage
1: it. I don't know. That's what the rod, uh, like the rod leashes <laughs> I bought, are. You know. They'll work for that. Uh,
4: I dumped Leo's I freaking kind of down.
1: Rod. I down. I I dumped his down rod without a leash on it at all, and we still got it back. <laughs> Eighty
5: pound braid, baby. Listen, you've never seen the mm. chaos that goes on in Teacher's Pet
3: when yeah, I'm out true. fishing in there.
2: We can get we out. can get Owen to make you up some uh, some flexible wire.
3: Oh yeah, I can. I can. I can hook you up with some flexible wire shit. It you know like that's. Cause he's got the crimping tool. You're talking I got the about crimping like, the
2: switch and... thing.
5: Yeah, uh, I have a little one, but I I couldn't I couldn't get one big enough for the to cut the thing. I was just gonna go cut out some old phone cords and just try, you know,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Fax lines. <laughs> yeah.
2: Nate, um, Nate Bud's gonna be close. We'll talk. A, we'll talk about old this. telegraph. Figure,
1: we'll get it figured out. We'll get it <laughs> all figured right, out. Well, since we're on this, like I wanted to get an update from Owen on how the uh, how the how the baits are coming, what your booth is going to like look like. Are you going to be doing any, uh, you know, on the fly making? At, at I Husky am. Mer- yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll always have the the option of building something right there. I'll have everything with me, but. I'm going to have like pretty much like I had it last year. Just like I'm going to have a a bunch of different bucktails. I'm going to have like the eights. I'm going to have actually I'm going to have a lot more single the single fluted like the fluted eight uh, Indiana blades, which a lot of a lot of clients have caught muskies on. I mean, I mean, like probably more probably more people have caught muskies on those things from me than anything else. Uh, And I kind of stopped making them because they kind of they're kind of they're not sexy in the sense that it's just a single bladed bait. It's just not
0: they've they've lost the popularity contest.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's just not a sexy bait. And so when I thought about, you know, what am I going to build for shows last year? I was like, okay I'm going to build, you know, uh, all double tens, build a ton of a ton of, you know, eight, nine combos, nine nines a little bit of everything and I'm still going to do that, but I'm also going to have the singles and, you know, I'm going to have a bunch of the spinner baits and let me tell you, I mean, you guys have seen the pictures, the, the rubber tails that we're going to have on the spinner baits from Tom are going to be really, really cool. Uh, I'm really looking forward to adding that. So for the spinner baits, you know, I'm going to have the flash skirt, but, uh, Tom has been pouring rubber so we're going to uh <laughs> Nate, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? I listen, my phone's on like
5: two percent, so I had to take my airpods like, what out. What's he doing? Listen, but you're just saying Tom porn rubber gotten. I,
2: I was gonna say if anybody if, if Tom starts you know going into like a rain man type type
3: chant about trout worms just walk trout away. Trout worms,
4: yeah. But listen listen guys interrupts.
3: guys seriously that the stuff really he's ballers. doing is seriously the stuff he's doing is seriously good man like
6: yeah yeah i'm waiting for the 2023 banjo mental release yeah yeah i mean i'm Same serious. Here. Like, he Same has here. taken
3: he has taken you know what very limited stuff i gave him and has really really taken it seriously and i love it and he's you know i think we're gonna add his uh rubber tails to pretty much every spinner bait has he
0: has he even slept in like the last two weeks at all no, or
4: no? i don't <laughs> know
3: he I mean, probably yeah. not
1: probably not he's but, the only uh, one that answers my text messages at 12 31 in the morning <laughs> right <laughs> listen i off. went and
5: saw him i
1: went and saw him on monday oh did I you go out, check out the
3: shop
5: yeah i was i was off of work and i went and drove out to er down Irwin. dan Irwin i like, I'd never been to Tom's place before. So I pulled up and he's like, just look for like the meth house. Like he's like the, the meth factory looking workshop. I'm like, man, everything looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he comes out this door, this door opens up and he's wearing like a breaking bad gas mask. Absolutely. And he comes <laughs> out and I was just like, whoa, like it, it blew me away, but it was really wild to see him work. And then Kayla came down. And they were just like, it was like a cooking show. Mixing. They're like, let's try this one with this one. And every single one looked good. And he's just giving me a demo on how it works. Like, you want to hit the plunger? I'm like, no, I'm fine watching. You know. And we're <laughs> Did you put in. a mask
2: on? <laughs> I was going to say, were you succumbing to the fumes when you started?
5: Yeah, dude, because that works? is not, thought, that, that's a serious shit. Educator, I don't worry about that. <laughs> 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 if you knew what I dealt with it on daily, then it, this was nothing.
6: So are we going to start calling, calling him uh, Heisenberg or what?
2: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, it, but it is yes. so cool, if you, dude. If you, you go there, that's he exactly the what
5: danger. it's like, man. It's oh, exactly God. what it's like. I don't know why he asked me to take my shirt off when we when <laughs> I got there.
4: But... <laughs> 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 he seems
0: like too. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He seemed like he progressed pretty f- like. At a pretty good speed there too, didn't he? That's
1: what like happens when you not
0: sleep.
3: Yeah.
1: Incredibly
3: fast speed. Like
0: yeah.
3: I, I mean Look, he I
5: showed him a picture. Yeah. This is how this is how good he's getting. I showed him a picture. I said, check this out. This is really cool. And it was like another like it was just a, a post on Instagram of like some grubs. He goes, I think I could make that. And he like looked at it a little bit. Five minutes later, he's holding one. He like replicated it, the color. It was a two-tone, like belly I was crazy. I like couldn't believe it. He just looked at it, he's like, I think I could do that. He explained it the whole way through. It was really wild. But like in a cool way.
3: And honestly, that's dude, to see him take to it that fast just made my made my heart you know, just happy because of what, you know, he's going through with his dad and everything. I uh, mean, yeah. for our listeners, his dad's sick and, you know, Tom, you know, it's just not easy when you got a family member or especially your dad who's, who's not doing well. It's, it's easy to get consumed by that type of stuff and to have something that can take your mind off of it, I think is absolutely, you know, just huge. As long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't get slapped with the cease and desist
2: from, Mr. Wiggly and uh. action plastics.
0: Right. Let's let's hey, just say no. Tall. Didn't they sell like? Didn't Doug, Well, it was Doug staying or who was it? Who was it? Uh, that originally created that? Didn't he sell kits that you could like <laughs> mail order to make your own?
4: <laughs> yes,
3: yes, he absolutely did. Larry Dahlberg. I Dalberg. I, yeah.
1: I purchased both this. I had both the soft bait kit and the hard bait kit. Okay. Let's just say Tom the sticker guy has been closed for business the last month. He ain't producing any stickers <laughs> right now. He's fully operational on the banjo minnows.
2: Up the up the rubbers. He's the rubber guy now.
1: Tom the rubber guy. Not, I'm happy for him. I am too, man. We joke around, but I'm I'm, I'm, I know. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's getting into it. And yeah. Man, it's it's fun to see that stuff on Instagram. It is funny though, dude. I'm serious. Like you guys are all sleeping, and I'm like I'm up at like one o'clock in the morning, and I see he's still like green on Instagram, and I just know he's just banging out trout worms.
3: But what's what's funny is that like you know we had the entire episode about what is it the the Dunning Kruger effect, yeah, and you know, I remember when I first like. Like got super, super, super into tying bucktails and all these different things. And I'm like, I'm sharing every different bucktail variation, you know, every skirt that I tie, I'm tying like every little thing and you're so proud of it. And I'm sure you know. A a year from now, Tom's going to look back on it and be like, "I can't believe I was sharing all that stuff." Because he's going to be so much more advanced than he is right now. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where he, you know, he's he's at a point right now where he's only going to get better. And you know, I don't know. I know Tom um,
5: was. You know what he's going to do though? Like, I mean, just from talking with him, because his he's got like these really big ideas too. Like, I think he's going to be like super like innovative, you know, like he was looking and telling me about stuff and showing me stuff. That was like, this stuff doesn't exist. Like, these are, these are like outlandish ideas, but they're not there, but he's figuring it out. And like, I think he's just going to make stuff that's like just really cool too. You know, he's not going to, he's replicating and learning and like cutting his teeth. But I mean, the stuff that he was talking about was so cool and like, just so dope to listen to him, like talk it out. I'm like, man, you're, you're going to like, nail one of these. You know, he's going to crack it open. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're excited to see how this shakes out. Worst case scenario, I'll have some trout worms to fish this spring.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> a shitload.
1: Yeah. A, a ton. So what else do you have going on for the big O's booth at, at, at max? Cause there was at least one other thing we wanted to talk about tonight.
3: Yeah. So I picked up the hoodie order today, which uh, has, Has gone over pretty well since my first, uh, you know, mentioning it on Instagram, Tom, again, to sing his praises, he, he, he made it. I asked him to kind of do something and he took my logo and he he made it into this design that that is my my hoodie order this year. And it's turned out awesome, man. So if anyone wants a, a black hoodie or a, a military green hoodie, um, go to my Instagram page and Big O's Bucktails and, uh, you know, take a look at them. And I'll I'll make sure to get them, get you one, get them sent out to you or come to Musky Max. Or if you want to uh, give me an order and I'll bring it to the Chapter 16 uh, lore swap, which is Nick.
2: February 17th. That there it. you
3: go. So Friday, February 17th at the North Shore North Side, North Side Sportsman's, Sportsman's Club. Club. Okay. And that's in like Warrendale or Cranberry area. So uh, just let me know. And uh, the hoodies turned out awesome. So, so look Owen,
0: great. I want to hear a little bit about these, um, these five ounce spinnerbaits.
3: Okay. So. Last year was my first year making spinner baits in terms of, you know, any type of production models. And I made a a one and a half ounce more for casting and a three ounce for more for trolling. But what I found is that a lot of guys really like casting the three ounce models and were looking for something a little bit deeper for trolling. And so I started making a five ounce model that either can either come with a nine, a a number nine trailer or a number 10. And really anyone that comes to musky max or whatever, if you want two blades, if you want to have two blades to have, you know, a try a nine and try, I mean, shit, you could try any blade on it. You could try an eight, nine, 10, but on the heavier weight like that, I would recommend either a nine or a 10 blade. So, I mean, these are pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. These are not something you're going to want to be casting, but ryan we fish hawked a five ounce bait and i if i'm not mistaken and i don't don't quote me on this we'll try to get some better numbers this year but if i'm not mistaken it was at like seven and a half feet deep 75 feet back maybe a hundred feet back it took maybe it took a hundred feet back to get the seven and a half foot
6: yeah but
1: we were at we were at 70 70 75 and we were getting about seven foot so so nice.
3: that's a lot deeper than I ever expected a spinnerbait to <laughs> to really get. And that's now the that Colorado blade? single blade. No, that's with a double. It's with a double. Okay. It's got like a, a smaller Colorado up front or an Indiana. I thought right. honestly, between all of us, you know, in in the wall, I find that that front blade very has has very limit, you know, little to do with the actual vibration. It's that back right. blade. Man, because the difference between an eight and a nine and a 10, I would welcome any any of our listeners, if you wanted to buy a three ounce spinner bait and get an eight and nine and a 10 blade and kind of test them, like you will get a different thump. You'll get a different feel from every single one of them. So right. it's so, not kind of one of those things that you can, I think on a heavier bait, you want a bigger blade, but a smaller blade would work right. just fine too right so that's something like
0: well when i had asked you when you'd first kind of put it out there what you're working on i when i so for one of your five ounce ones i definitely want i would prefer a bigger blade because my plan is is i put it to the test because i will likely jig it in the upper river so that's my plan so
3: okay so so people have asked me about this and you you brought up a a youtube video i forget exactly who it was but it was someone who had kind of created a jigging more of a jigging type of spinner bait in a sense and yeah because right now if you took one of my spinner baits it would it would like flutter on the way down right you know so you're not going to get it fat you're not going to get it to drop very quickly right so i
0: would say i got from from what i understood was this, this specific person who made these spinner baits, the weight was more from the explanation, the weight was more weight forward. So when they were like jigging it, it would have a different drop to it. So instead of like a, like a parallel flutter, it would be like more of a drop from my understanding. And for me in the river, I wouldn't necessarily, I shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't have said jigging it. I would almost be dragging it, so to say. So I wouldn't be dragging it straight below me. I'd be dragging it like on a... Oh, would you be like casting down? Angle. Okay. Yeah, but that... I'd, probably, I'd probably throw it out about 20. You know, if I'm if I'm over like 19, 18, 19 feet of water... I'd be casting it out a certain distance and just letting it fall. And then the current is drag. So I'm drifting and dragging the spinner. Okay. And working
3: so that, tomorrow. that actually fascinates me <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, because I think the five ounce weight, I mean, shit, you might even want something even a little heavier than five ounces at some point, because yeah. if you're casting it out to, to deal with that current like that, but yeah, man, those spinner baits, I mean, you let it go down a little bit. You could probably retrieve it in like almost a jigging type of fashion right. where we're normally you know if we're in a lake and we are jigging a, a buck a, you know a spinnerbait it's just it's not doing anything other than going up and going down right. but if you have the current there that's what engages all of the blades on the spinnerbait right. and so if you're constantly you know yeah, so moving it against the direct, current yes yeah.
0: I would be dragging it with the current, you know, I'd be drifting and dragging it and just working it subtly as I could, you know, as deep as I could. Good. So
3: oh yeah. I mean, yeah, so absolutely. You'd probably want like a five ouncer and and yeah. probably with a trailer blade on the on the bottom, like to for when it's right kind of yeah. going up and down. Oh yeah, man. We'll take care of you, Craig. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> oh, and are
6: you going to do any type of, like, dozer blades or spinnerbait attachments as well?
3: Oh, yeah. I do that. Honestly, no one's asked for them locally. Like, I've made them before, and nobody nobody even cares locally. But, you know, maybe that's changing because some, you know, I don't think a lot of guys around here troll things like Shadzillas or... uh i guess shallow invaders or swimming swimming dogs really like where would you
6: be putting a dozer i'd put it fishing in at night too yeah not only just trolling or anything like that but casting it for sure oh really like yeah dozer blades in front of like a a mag dog or something like that too okay or like a healy dog oh yeah for sure like i mean i
3: and that's kind of what's What's weird is that, you know, you don't know what people want. And so it's hard to build anything as a small bait builder. Like I can build a couple of those dozers and, you know, chances are people won't buy them. You know, it's just, it's just not something that's, that's necessarily in demand, but I can make them. I mean, going to make them in a heartbeat.
2: There you go, Ryan, send, send
6: is. Owen whatever you want cool all right paypal (laughs) friends and family absolutely
1: (laughs) (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what you're building at the show because i know that's kind of popular like i saw some of that in ohio too like there was a booth there making some some bucktails and stuff on the fly
3: i'm going a lot simpler than than i did last year last year you guys saw like i painted a shitload of blades and like i was really into that and i'm still gonna be painting blades but like the the bottom line is that when it comes to bucktails and spinnerbaits, I don't know. I don't think people are necessarily buying the custom painted stuff. Maybe that'll yeah. change in the future. That's but... what
2: I know. Like last year when I was in the booth, it was like a lot of people just wanted to change the big blade color, you know, and just pulled out the box. and What color
3: do you want? Snap it off, snap it on. Exactly. So it kind of makes more sense almost to have more options like... So I can build these baits like if I have a black skirted spinner bait and somebody wants a and, and it's got a chartreuse blade on it and you know Nate Bud is like oh you know I only fish with uh, with green blades on them and and I'm like oh you know what? maybe I'll have to like do something like that I don't know wow just <laughs> wow I feel exposed. Nate Bud I mean Nate Bud Nate Bud is you know <laughs> He feels I, I, I gotta convert
5: him. Listen, I've the I, rug I really tore my rotator cuff casting big O's the three <laughs> ouncers. And <laughs> didn't catch <get> shit.
1: <laughs> Dude, I casted
5: I got, an, I got a new reel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I casted a three ounce yesterday, and I'll thank you for my sore back. I definitely have I have trollers back.
3: <laughs> well, I mean I was... that's the thing. I mean the, the, the one and a half ouncers are are certainly easier to cast i mean but the, the three ounces those are the ones that have caught a lot of fish to be honest with you i mean the heavier I, ones have definitely caught fish i
5: put the time in with
3: them i couldn't do it i i had
5: to, i was like i'm just gonna hang it up for a little bit after like the third day i was like oh man let's <laughs> do it for the brand but <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's my mission this year i gotta i I was telling evan and charlie this the other day is like i have like three or four guys that have made baits and stuff for me and i just like i gotta be a better bro staffer my my goal is this year not to reel in as many fish i want other people to catch fish when i'm out but i want to be able to catch those fish on baits like owens and evans and mark kings like that's my goal so we're gonna be Good. we're gonna be trolling some bucktails and some some spinner baits and some things doing a little. Honey, man, just of the just put put one spinner bait in your spread. One spinner bait. That's all I ask. One little
3: spinner. I'm gonna, I'm spinner gonna bait. cast.
1: I'm gonna cast some this year too. I gotta put build up some spread. muscles. I don't mm-hmm. have the the Ryan Elizondo shoulders though. Like I don't have <laughs> I don't have the stamina that a Ryan Elizondo has on the boat. So I gotta I gotta hit some dumbbells or do something here this winter.
6: Uh, no way put them in. go four miles
1: an hour call it a day that's what i'm that's saying right. dude and so if
6: you don't know don't hurt
1: <laughs> i wanted to talk about my little excursion yesterday we had a point to do that or did you guys have? yes something else? no okay. absolutely okay. no i want to hear all it. about this go
4: for it dude. all right
1: so i haven't fished since october the last time i was out was hunks weekend and i kind of like i was relishing it for a while because you know got a good fish at the dota Little little bragging rights wanted to hang on to that, you know, as long as I could. And then January 1st hit and I realized like it's a whole new year. Got to put, got to start all over and get out there on the water. So finally picked up my license on Wednesday night. This is the longest I've went without a fishing license. Definitely in the last five years, typically I'm like buying my fishing license at the end of December. So I picked that up. And I was, I was bent, I was bent on working on the boat. I actually ended up with the day off yesterday because just overtime scenarios and things like that, you know, just, you have so much, they don't want to pay you for that stuff sometimes. So took the day off and I was, I decided it's too cold to work on the boat. So I wanted to go out and do some fishing. So I packed the truck up, headed out to my, my favorite Creek spot. And so I get there a little late yesterday and it, normally I would get there for like seven in the morning. It was like freaking 12 degrees yesterday morning and I was like you know what it it is just not worth it to me to deal with like icy islets and everything else. So I I rolled in there at like a nice early 10 a.m. and typically this spot where I'm at like I would say like 10 to 11 is usually pretty good there and then from like 2 to 4. So I was kind of thinking like I'll fish from like 10 to maybe just before dark and then get out of there. So I get in everything's looking good. Water's up. I'm feeling good. I make my first cast and I had like a four, I think it was a four and a half inch grandma on. And I was like, you know what? This just doesn't feel right. Something just didn't feel right to me. I go right back to my rattle bait. The second cast I hooked up yesterday. Nice. And I'm sitting there. I hook up. I set the hook. And this time, I actually, last, last time I was out there, I, I had, I had new reels on my on my ugly stick, mind you, I put, I put, I went to the president reels on those, the whatever, the 45 series, whatever it is. So I had the, I had the, uh, drag and everything set.
3: Those president uh, reels
1: are really freaking good for the price. I will say like yesterday in my mind, it just validated that that was the right decision for that rod. So I set back on this fish and like instantly knew this was not like the standard fish I would run into. So I'm fighting this fish for a minute. It comes up to the surface. I'm pulling it. I'm pulling it towards me. I'm like ready to grab the net and it pops like five, like five feet from the shore and like right where I'm at, like it's, it's a dead drop. Like it drops down to like four or five feet of water. So I ended up losing that fish on the second cast. So I was, uh, you know how you typically get bombed after you lose a fish. I was thinking second cast dude i got figure it figured out today i'm gonna be i'm gonna be <laughs> bagging at least one maybe two three fish today and that did not happen at all it was like the dunning kruger effect all over again I was like i figured it out on the second cast and it was just absolutely deadness from that moment forward but a couple of interesting things going on there um it was a thursday which i typically if i go during the week i see maybe one or two guys I ran into like 16 different people there yesterday and that's like, that's cause everybody decided to call in sick. Like you did. Yeah. It was, uh, it was insane. <laughs> I've never seen that amount of people. So you guys know we've had uh Ryan Chavara. I want to say his last name wrong. Chavara. Yeah. Chivara. So we've, we've had Ryan on. I was walking into Let's that. let call spot. him Chef
3: Ryan. We're going to say Chef, Chef Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, so yeah. I get out of the
1: truck and I'm walking down the hill. And sure enough, here comes Ryan walking up the hill. And you guys, <laughs> if you've seen any of his social media stuff in the last week, he had found a dead muskie laying somewhere along that area. And he had, like, posted all these, like, videos and pictures of this, this muskie jaw. And it was, you know, if you guys have ever seen, like, an actual muskie jaw, like, not just looking down the barrel of the fish, like, that's pretty sweet dude like it's pretty it was hard
3: to tell the size of that like you know because his the close-ups were were very close and so was it a very large musky jaw or is this a normal size musky jaw that was just very detailed because you could photograph it up close my guess
1: is this fish was probably low 30s just by looking at the jaw like i I don't know that's it it okay I, I don't know that it was I don't know that it was any bigger than low thirties, maybe mid thirties fish. Like So it, Queenie didn't get slaughtered for this. Nah, nah. So right. I talked to him and he, we had this conversation earlier in the week. I was like, dude, you should have took that. Like just took it home and like cleaned it up. And he's like, Nah, I don't want to deal with that. So You
3: should have slept with it.
1: I, I was like, Well, I want that thing from my <laughs> office, dude. I want that jaw. Like I've always wanted a musky jaw. And this sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like I've always wanted one. So I'm there. He tells Kissing me. To, yeah. Kiss. Kissing it and shit. Yeah. Just want to take some pictures. <laughs> <And> exactly. <laughs> just want to take some pictures with it. So I, I end up like recovering this this musky jaw. And it's like the, the way he, t- he told me, he's like, I hit it in this spot.
3: Recovering.
1: Yeah. He, he's like, I, I hit it in this spot. And he's like, just be careful. There might be a raccoon down there. So I get down there and there's just like, there's like raccoon prints all over the place. on this thing, like it had had gone. Ryan
3: Ryan rolled up his sleeves and he was like, let's fucking do this.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was ready to throw down. I was getting my musky jaw. So I recovered that like after I lost that fish, I needed to pick me up. So I decided to take a walk and I'm like walking down and I ended up going down and I met this kid who later ended up catching a fish. And then I found out who it was, which we'll, we'll talk about. I talked to him for a few minutes and on my way back up, this one guy was like jigging for crappies. And I get up there and he's got this musky laying on the shore. Okay. Not only is this fish like laying in the mud, in the snow, it's got a freaking trout stringer like in this thing's mouth. And I walk up and I'm like, Hey dude, nice fish. And he's like, you have a tape measure. And I'm like, yeah, I got a, I got a measure. He's like, dude, this thing's legal. He's like, I'm keeping it. And I looked at it and I'm like, I don't think that's a legal fish bud. And he's like, this thing's over 50 inches. He's like, that's definitely a legal fish. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, I don't know about that, dude. I'm like, we'll measure it. So I go over and I measure this thing. It's 38 inches. So <laughs> what is our legal limit here in the state of Pennsylvania? 40 40 inches so we're two we're two inches under this dude's like arguing with me he wants to keep this fish and I'm like listen dude I'm like if it's me I release that fish it's not legal I'm like you get it back in the water you know like that's that to me that's the right thing to do I'm not gonna stand there and argue with him you know it's not he caught the um, fish do do what you want with it so after he like stood there for a minute he ended up releasing the fish but he was he was bent on keeping this thing and putting it on the grill. Like you just tell, like he was like, I want to take that home and eat it so bad. And I'm just like, "Eh." so to see like a musky laying there with like a trout stringer in its mouth. Uh, Come on. Yeah. (laughs) And keep in mind, like I've seen people take, like we've heard stories, like I've seen people jamming like 30 inch fish into like coolers and stuff down there. And I've seen, guys take their shoelaces off to make a stringer like so you know we talk about that like it's crazy it's just always a circus so i i consider that saving a 30. So you eight. saved so, the muskie i i consider that saving a muskie yeah. so i was like i was like all right he released it it swam off hopefully that fish is all right it'll probably be dead here laying on the on the bank somewhere but
0: the next skull you find right.
1: yeah I, I was feeling pretty good at this point at this point i had lost the fish I felt good about the day. I got my jaw, saved a musky. So I go back to my, the one areas fishing, make a couple more casts and I hook up again and I'm like, dude, this is a good fish. And then like, after like a couple seconds, I'm like, something is not right here. You ever know, like, do you guys ever like snag something that's alive and you're just like, this does not feel normal.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that,
3: that's what not happened. Really
1: anything you snag. And I'm That's like pretty I, much how it feels. I sat back and I'm like, this thing's alive. What the heck's going on here? And then I realize I snagged a carp. So I'm sitting there <laughs> and I'm reeling this carp in, and it eventually pops, and I've got this giant like carp scale on the hook and everything. And I'm like, this is a pretty typical day for me. Okay, like the only other thing I gotta do is lose a bait and then snag a bait. Because typically in that area, I always come out with at least I lose one and then I snag something else. Couple casts later, I ended up snagging and bringing in a look like a Kai Tech, like one of those Kai Tech rubber, like something Tom's making with the jig head on it, and of course, like seventy-five feet of braid. So that this area is known for just like mass amounts of garbage and fishing. It's 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 line everywhere and and crap. So I have now I have a garbage bag full of crap that I've been picking up along the shore. So I ended up talking to a couple more people. There was a couple other fish caught, you know, looked like a couple small ones. I worked my way down in this area and the kid that I talked to later or earlier in the day was was fishing down for me. And all of a sudden like I hear this like shouting and screaming and I look up and this this kid's like "Fish, fish, fish. Oh my god, it's a big one." And he's going nuts. You know, I'm standing there and I'm like he's like "What do I do? What do I do?" He's like "I don't know if my net's big enough and all this stuff." And I'm like standing there on the opposite side of the Creek. It would have taken me like 15 minutes to walk around to get to him to help him. So I just kind of stood there and watched everything play out And here. Like he lands the fish. He takes video, a couple pictures, whatever. He's going nuts. He works his way down to me and we start talking and I'm like, dude, you should go out to musky max. I'm like, if you do, I was like, stop by the big O's booth. And he looks at me. And he goes, Owen. He's like, dude, I've I worked on his logo. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, it's my boy, Owen. So I start talking to him and here it's it's John Muldoon. a
3: like, small world, man. Painter,
1: <coughs> building. Yep, bigos. Muldoon, who
3: who is responsible for for really the logo. You know the the inspiration behind my entire logo was is, is the painting that he he did for me, and I think he did that for me in 2018. I mean, this is not something that like. Is just within the last year or two. I mean, this was at least 2018, if not 2019, that he painted me that first uh, painting, which then led to the logo because I had the logo when it came to Muskie Max in 2020. So you know, March of 2020. So it must have been in 2019 that he painted that for me. But anyways, you know, just a really good dude, and I think you you I saw the video of him catching that musky that he posted on Instagram. And I think I said like, you know, just look at the excitement.
4: Oh, like dude, that's it what was... it's
3: all about,
1: man. That's
4: he, what like, it's he, all about.
1: At like one point in his video, like he held the fish up and he was like, look at it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's like, he's showing it to somebody. And I'm like, me. I know that's Ryan. He's showing yeah, it, 100%. To <laughs> he it to me. And I was like, "All pumped. but dude, like going back to what you said, like that, like I didn't need to catch fish yesterday at all. Like after I saw him catch that fish and the excitement and just the pure like I at one point I yelled over I was like bro you need to just take fifteen minutes and get a sandwich because he was like I could just tell because I we all been there you know it was like what, I and love now watching. let's let's say we got we got we got to recommend that everybody
3: gets a big net because that, that was uh the one the one complaint I guess is is that the, he he had
1: too small of a net for what he's looking for. Well, in there, you don't typically see fish of that caliber. Yeah, And for some reason, the last couple of weeks, like a lot, a lot bigger ones have been showing up. And I think that's just because, you know, honestly, the gates open up in the lake and you get, you get fresh fish in there. Yeah. I've seen it the last couple of years, but I mean, that was one of those things where he did, and I, I wasn't really coaching him, but I was kind of like, yelling. he's like, what do I do? I'm like, net it. Just do what you can. (laughs) And I'm like, get the net under it and try to support it enough to where you can, you know, at least get a good get the hooks out and get a good release on it. And, you know, from where I was standing, I thought for what he was working with and just that area, dude, it's tough. That area is super tough because it's like I can't really tell you guys like you have to see it like it's super narrow and it is pure ice and mud and it's slippery. And if you go in, you're screwed because some of those spots, it it just drops off immediately into like five, six, seven feet of water. And you're, you might not get out (laughs) like easily because so, I mean, you're dealing with all of that. You're dealing with a bunch of timber everywhere. You're dealing with sharp, you know, steep drops and stuff, especially when the water's lower. Like I honestly thought he did a fairly decent job to get that fish into the net and then take care of it. And it wasn't, it was not, you know, he got, he got it done quick. And he got that fish back, and I was I was pretty impressed because he did say to me you know, he's fairly new at this and stuff, and I I thought it was awesome just being able to see the excitement and the the you could just see the adrenaline. It was amazing. But what did he say?
3: He said that he had just been listening to the Honks podcast yeah. on the way up there, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's not and the he, only one. No, because he actually texted me. It wasn't. It was actually before that. It was it, he maybe it was even on his way up there. I don't know. He texted me and he said, thank you for the shout out from the last episode, because we had talked about the logo again. And I I talked about him being an artist and, you know, so obviously he was listening to it and for you two to run into each other on the, on the Creek. I don't know, man, it's a, it's a small world and it's really cool that shit comes together like that.
1: Yeah, it it was, it was awesome. I, I was glad I was there to see it and just not necessarily be a part of it, but kind of like yelling back and forth and you know you get to establish relationships with guys and you know i want to see everybody catch fish and i want to i want to see you know i want to see the excitement because that's what it's about you know we we try to take care of the fish the best we can you know
3: and that's not a spot that like there's no spot burning there you know what i mean like that's a spot that is well known and it's a cool spot to learn how to Deal with muskies and how to yeah. catch muskies. It's, but it's not something that you need to worry about, like being, you know,
1: totally protective of. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like canadota right? Like
3: well, shh, Nate, you weren't supposed to say that.
1: So <laughs> I, uh, I went back up to my <laughs> oh. my area. I fished for a couple more hours, and I was getting ready to call it. And I had, I heard some noise behind me, and I happened to like turn around, and there was another guy walking out, and he like walked up, and he like looked at me, and he's like. Hey, Ryan Reed. I was like, yeah, man, what's up? he's like, dude, musky hunks podcast. He's like, I was, (laughs) he's like, I was listening to you guys on the way up. He's like, I subscribed to your YouTube channel and all this. And he had literally just started musky fishing. You know, he had all the right gear with him. You know, he had a a big oversized net and you know, he said he was just out there doing it and and trying to learn and get better and had a good conversation with him too. His name was uh, Brandon and you know, he's just talking about how like the podcast and how YouTube videos and stuff locally really kind of got him turned on to the sport of muskie fishing. And it was just, again, dude, it was one of those things that, you know, like we talk about social media and all like the down aspects of it. Like that's one of those things that's a huge positive, you know, being able to share information and get guys, you know, out there doing some fishing and, I think he didn't realize like how how good of a musky fishery we have right now, and to get into the sport and have success, like it was just a cool thing to hear. Some of the, the number of stuff. the n- number
3: of listeners that talk about our our original episodes, like the very basics. That's what you know. I mentioned in our in the Zach Baker podcast, you know about you know maybe doing like if someone's going to give a seminar of someone doing like a literal just beginner seminar so that if someone was walking into muskie max or the new york muskie show or whatever you know and and is completely overwhelmed like are they going to want to sit in on a guide who is going to talk about lore depth and you know very very specifics or would there be a benefit to you know a 45 minute seminar on listen here you are you're at musky max or you're at the new york musky show if i'm an absolute beginner what you know what am i looking for what what am i doing here Mm -hmm. and to kind of have a a a truly you know i don't want to say all-inclusive but you know a very you know more catered towards folks who might be intimidated by the typical uh you know musky show production does that yeah. make sense or was yeah. that a very long, long-winded say, no that was a very long-winded way of saying I, a bunch of nothing
0: i absolutely agree um and i you know obviously i listen to that i listen to all your podcasts but i listen to that one of course with zach but and it's going to be great if he does something like that uh on sunday at his seminar on the flip side there's like a catch-22 because then because i've dealt with it with like listening to um um, from hunting experience and hunting podcasts and stuff like that, and seminars and whatnot, you have guys that are like, I've listened to hunting podcasts where they will maybe try to bring it back to a beginner level, and I'm like, oh, why am I listening to this? Because, and that's fine, I think it would be great if somebody like Zach for the future or anybody else, you know, like even if um Vance were to do one, but do like two maybe in that weekend, do one for. You know, an advance your 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 standard guy musky crowd, or a little more advanced fisherman, and as well as a beginner, um, a beginner type seminar. So that's something I think I've come up with a few suggestions. You know that, that I've given to Steve and Zach for the future, and I think I even brought it up to you guys. You know, um, messaging you where like instituting something like a consumer survey. To people who come and even like, do they do a vendor like even the, you know, Musky Max, the Ohio show, whatever. I'd be interested to know if the people who are responsible for putting on those shows, do they do a vendor survey after every year? Do they do a consumer survey? Like, I think those are things that will just absolutely help you grow from both getting other vendors in or you know, making vendors want to return, etc., stuff like that. So, I mean, there's, a, there's, I think there could be a lot more um, done to help move the shows along for sure.
5: Nate, Nate had a recommendation for us. Show me your tackle box event where you just go, <laughs> yes. you have a happy hour and you can bring, bring your tackle box and
4: get Dude, like an opin,
5: opinion on local waters and be like, here's what I got. And you'd be like, well these would work good at Lake Arthur and these are That's, some good trolling setups. It's so. kind
3: of like a, a big dick contest in the golf world which is like a what's <laughs> WITB what's in the bag and you like show what's in the bag and like here's 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 my shit and this is like this is how I roll. That's what we should do with musky fishing. <laughs> Give me a musky hunks like hey. what's in the boat? What's in the boat? <laughs> He's got, he's
0: got a he's got a lake wood with all these custom baits and I got a homemade tote with gutter spout Exactly
3: <laughs> Exactly Is like the guy with the tailor made the tailor made driver and the guy with like the you know the absolute <laughs> fucking put together at Sam's
1: Club driver did yeah. anybody else notice how Owen always goes back to the male genitalia on every
3: single episode? I thought you were going to say that I always went back to golf.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't realize yeah.
3: I always went back to the male genitalia. Well, you always bit, have to point bit of out Better call him some,
1: A, better call him B. Yeah,
3: hey, there was a bunch of
6: butt stuff earlier.
1: Yeah, there was a butt stuff. There's always downstairs talk on this podcast. I'm just going to get through one podcast without mentioning a hickory for once.
3: Potty talk.
1: Yeah. So, so uh,
2: the one thing that I hope to make it to the Ohio show one of these years for is the uh, the swap meet that they do afterwards mm-hmm. and which I think is like part of the Mike Money Minnow you fund fundraiser kind of thing. They raffle off a bunch of baits and
1: I know Jordan, uh, Alexander and you know his group of friends too. I think Austin Glacer was there too. they They stayed for that. They do that every year. I know like Evan and Charlie went out for that too, um, just for the the raffle part of it. I know like every, every year I talk to like Kevin, he's always like, you got like Kevin and Paul are like, you got to stay for like, the, this is like the best part of the show. And I just never do. And I'm thinking like next year, maybe, maybe I'll get a room or something and stay out there and, and do that up because it, that's such like a cool aspect to that. Like I know like with New York, you guys are doing that there too that's just like a cool thing with raffles and getting guys together and and that in Ohio goes to a really good cause with that Mike Min- Mike Minnow fund and, and stuff like that so
6: is it your guys's chapter that's doing the the swap here in a couple of weeks yeah is it your chapter yeah have you guys ever talked about doing one at the max like after Saturday or whatever after the show because that was the thing I asked some of you guys was, hey, are you guys doing a swap after the show on Saturday? And that was always a big thing in Chicago. And it sounds like there's there was one in Ohio. And I think, is New York doing one too? Yes. New York
3: does, yeah. And, and that's a good question because I think maybe it might have something to do with not wanting to step on the toes of the Chapter 16 lore swap because obviously Chapter 16 and Musky Max are, you know, I mean, it's the same separate. area, yeah. so to speak,
4: well, and
3: our our lore swap is kind
1: of a sort of a big deal to the you know to the chapter.
4: I don't just know. I'm just kind cool. of talking
1: out loud. I, I think too, like I don't know that anybody's really talked about it, and it. I, I know that when you talk about these shows, like sometimes people like get the opinion, like you don't want to take away from the show, but I think some of those things like add to the show, like the general experience, because what are we going to do after? The show. We're going to go eat, probably drink a couple of beers, and we're going to be sitting around somewhere BSing about musky fishing anyway. So, you know, think about that. I was going to go to Bible study. What if, well, what, <laughs> what if, what if, uh what if we did something like that? You know, what if we did a Hunks meetup and made it a lure swap at the hotel? Pre
3: game, what they've
6: done in Chicago, right at the hotel. Yeah. That's actually, that, I mean,
3: that's. Rooms. Yeah, that's a good good option. And uh, like, kind of doing instead of the Friday night meet up, doing a like a you know a lure like a kind of a lore swap type of situation on Saturday night. Yeah, do
4: like
1: uh, call ahead to the hotel and see if we can use because like some of the hotels have like grills and stuff outside. Yep. Everybody brings their own beer and get some hot dogs or whatever and fire it up and go and see if we have any uh any swap action. I don't know. It's not a bad idea,
4: right?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that would save you some money, too, because you talk about going to a bar in Cannonsburg like that. You know, I don't know if people want to go and spend $500 at the show and then go out and and spend another $100 at the bar. (laughs)
4: Right. (laughs) Listen, go
5: go to the. Oh, sorry. Go
6: ahead. Go ahead, Nate. You're good.
5: Oh, I was going to say, just go to the parking lot, put up a tent, like tailgate, like Hinesfield. There you go. Walk off an area. Have Nate everybody- is
3: like a professor. Uh, he is like his doctorate in
1: tailgating. We're going to talk awesome. about this challenge too, by the way. Swap,
3: <laughs> we swap
1: lures in
5: the parking lot, and then you know what you got to target because you maybe you're going to pick up the lure you needed. And then, then you could go in and have extra funds to go buy some large marge or something. Nate's, yeah.
1: Nate's going to be out in the parking lot scalping lures, bootleg t shirts, scalping tickets to get into Musky Max. <laughs> You're gonna be selling bootleg musky hunks t shirts, Nate. Maybe <laughs> I've got some boot.
5: I guess they're not DKs, but this DK passwords to the, the Facebook group.
4: The
6: <laughs> FKs. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah, some exactly.
0: cheat code, Some cheat
5: codes. Maybe you never know. I got a duffel bag full of old t shirts.
1: I'm ready to go. If, if anybody li- is listening to this episode still. <laughs> <laughs> or in general we still have the yeah. the ryan reed musky hunks musky max Nate bud challenge out on facebook right
3: now send us a picture of something more pittsburgh more just more you know in embellished you know i don't even know how, what it, what the word is to say like i mean he embodies the pittsburgh well, did you guys see his spirit. reply I, got, I gotta ask is that Swinks
0: is that really Swinks van
3: or yes. Oh, that was yes. oh, yes. He had oh, a part wow. in the ownership of that van back in the day. Obviously no it's not it's not now, but yes, okay. that was part of his crew. They had they owned <laughs> that Steeler van. Oh, man. And, yeah. Uh, that thing was sweet. Craig, I'm sure I'm I mean, you're a Bill's fan, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure you Oh, yes.
0: Yes. They're They got a couple guys got them here. Yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's insane. When you get into it. When I saw
0: Swink post that one, I'm like, I was, I mean, just coming, looking from the outside in, when I saw that, I was like, come on.
4: (laughs) It's so hard for me though, because I don't
0: want Donnie to win this. Right. 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 Well, like you can't, you gotta look at like, oh, that's an inside job, but you know, that would be a tough call. That's a tough one.
1: (laughs) If you guys read, I don't know if anybody read this post, but Nate, killed me the other night i mean i was <laughs> i was dead dude i couldn't stop laughing literally this is what he said people brought some heat but my originals <laughs> were only yinzer's gone mild get, <laughs> get ready for the wild <laughs> Yinzer's gone mild <laughs> and then if you see the preceding pictures i yeah. th- there's no okay first of all yeah yeah rick seaback Donnie mm.
5: Iris, you can't double barrel, double barrel Donnie Iris. I mean, I'll- that's hard. That's hard to beat, right there. No. Listen, no and, and those, I, I'm just gonna say, those weren't even at Donnie Iris concerts. I ran into him in the wild twice.
3: Now, now I gotta say, he's from our City, Donnie. Like, uh, our Donnie, Donnie Swink, <laughs> does have engagement photos in in a Ben Roethlisberger
1: jersey. It's true. I mean, it's that's a that's a pretty substantial. Well, was watching the Penguins game while his wife was in freaking labor. Well, she
4: was just getting an <laughs> IV for morning
5: sickness.
1: Oh, okay.
4: She
5: wasn't quite there yet.
4: She uh, was just she <laughs> fucking hold, asking hey, for sympathy.
3: Hey, hey babe, you,
1: can you hold off? Can you hold off on this for a little bit? Yeah,
3: come on. Can you come did on? You can you get see, control of shit? Jesus. Did you
1: see the picture of hold him in his, it. in his overalls?
5: <laughs> oh, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I beautiful well, out of
1: respect to everybody
5: else that posted pictures, I didn't even post my nuclear one. Oh, no. The, that video. Ryan's seen it.
1: I've seen the video. Oh god, But I'm not doing it. I won't do it. We got to, at and, some point here, we get closer to Max. We got to vote on this. Uh, there's some good ones out there. And out of respect to Franco Harris, I didn't post a
2: picture from attending his funeral.
4: <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that so bad. R.I.P.
2: Franco. R.I.P. R.I.P. Franco. I saw we we lost another one. Yeah, yeah.
5: It's tough Maybe being this. a
2: Steelers fan. Uh,
1: running back. I can't remember what? Eric Pegram. It wasn't Eric Pegram. <laughs> and it's not Bam Morris, so don't ask. Walter yeah. Abercrombie. I can't remember <laughs> right now, dude. It sucks, but I, I I remember like sitting at work and Nate texts me. He's like, "I'm going down to Franco's funeral." And I was like, "I'm at work right now." I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" He's like, "I'm on my way down. I'm getting pictures of like the line to get into his funeral at Heinz Field." I'm like, "This is clearly <laughs> <no laughs> more Pittsburgh than you." Know. <laughs> I the had things, to get off. the
3: things that Pittsburgh stops and stops for is
1: just amazing, unbelievable. Well, what else do we have here? Because we—I don't know—we've been—we've been going for quite a while here, we beat boys. This one up, I don't know. It was fun, but. so we we got we got the new york muskie expo tomorrow so craig hopefully you guys get a full house there and it's it's a blast we're gonna
3: try to get this one out by sunday so you know we're hopefully
1: we're gonna be coming out right at the tail end of the
3: new york muskie expo right
0: nice i'm looking forward to it man i'll try to get you guys you know some pictures or video stuff like that whatever so
1: yeah that sounds good hopefully that goes well
2: sydney thornton
1: Nobody Sydney knows Thornton. Nobody knows who's it. Like Nate was like, ah, I like, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh
2: running back for two <laughs> two Super Bowls.
3: Wow. Really, Sidney Thornton? Five? What? Like, that's, how old is he?
4: Sixty <clears> eight.
3: <throat> oh, that's pretty okay. Young. I mean,
4: that's oh, he must down. have been
3: riding. He must have been riding the bench during the last two of the seventies.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that sucks. It's never a good thing, but I don't even know what to say right now. I don't now. know who that is. We yep. stopped an entire city for Franco Harris. Seventy-eight and
2: seventy-nine.
4: Thank uh, you.
1: So we got uh, Ryan. You know, thanks for jumping on with us here tonight too. talk a little musky fishing. Thank you. Look, we're really looking forward to seeing you at Musky Max. I
6: think I'm excited,
1: <laughs> Ryan. Ryan,
3: seriously, we're pumped about musky Max, man. Yeah, dude. When do you come in? Like, what time do you come in Friday
6: uh, night? I'm gonna, f- yeah, I'm gonna fly in Friday night. Speaking of which, Ryan, you ain't gotta worry about picking me up,
4: Ryan. Somebody you picking
6: him up, have, uh, Donnie's actually gonna come pick me up. Oh, okay, uh, he, he's gonna find a way to get off work early so, so he can make that happen. All right. well, uh, if not, let me know. Yeah, and then I am working on another special guest to come down from New York not gonna mention any names. Oh, see if it happens.
3: Oh, I'm very so, interested to 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 learn yeah, more about I'm this. I'm not saying
6: anything yet because I don't know if it's going to happen 100%. But I'm kind of twisting his arm to make it happen. Is it Andrew? I'm not saying anything. It's Andrew. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I, I
1: would <laughs> I would dude, I would
0: love that honestly, but
4: we'll see.
1: Yeah,
0: if I if I for some reason if I can't make it you know, like I said, my if I can make it to max, it'll be like a few days before that week decision. But um, if not, my plan is I will definitely try to make it next
2: year for sure. So it's worth the trip. Yeah, yeah. It is.
6: it's a good yeah. time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you looking have, forward you, to meeting
6: everybody. You can always cuddle
1: up next to Ryan and Donnie. And yeah, there's, a bed. Third,
6: there's a third bed you can get in with donnie right really? <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: yeah, well
3: that's me, me and ryan,
6: me and ryan reed are
3: already you know we're, we're snuggle buddies so everyone else is on their own
6: you guys got the one king didn't you
1: <laughs> oh yeah full jacuzzi yep.
6: <laughs> heart-shaped.
1: Yep. yeah cool. heart shaped yeah heart shaped it's great <laughs> Owen and just a little baby out. oil audio books all night <laughs> It's great! It'll be a it'll, great time. It only gets
2: all weird right if boys. there's a thunderstorm. Then they do the Thunder Buddies for Life.
1: Mm. <laughs> hey, what stays? What happens at Musky Max stays. stays at, at Musky, Musky Max. Max. Uh, I think
6: that's going to be the Holiday Inn.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll it will definitely be the Holiday Inn, 100. So, all right. Well, Nate Bud, it was a pleasure having you on again, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me.
3: Thank you for answering the Hunks call.
1: Yeah. you fucking Great do it
3: for coming on what you, <laughs> what you do Greg thank you very much for for hopping yeah. on here man you've been you've been a, a, an absolute joy to have on the podcast and good luck tomorrow at the New York Muskie show when this releases hopefully you know it'll be all all Great. smiles right yeah. thanks thank you for having yeah. me on my pleasure hey you nick
1: can. three in a row baby let's go right. 4 we're going to get a fourth Getting in crazy
5: there. I want to see that one for the thumb.
1: One for the thumb. Let's go. <laughs> All
3: right, now the Ryan E. We're going to be seeing you in person in uh, about a month now, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Man, yeah. looking forward to this. Quick, we, we do have to quick. find a
1: good spot for dinner for you, though. We can't feed you the swell. We got to find. Some oh
3: dinner. no 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 no! We're we're gonna we'll we'll take care of stuff. What we'll, we'll, you know? He's
1: gonna eat well. I promise. All right, we'll have to figure that out. I don't want him to eat like crap. I gotta, we gotta get him some good Pittsburgh food.
2: Can you, can you Uber eat Soli's?
3: Ooh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't Uber. You gotta go. Looks like I, Uber, I Uber mean, you now. can look at his wheels turning right now. He's like, maybe you can get some. <laughs> no, we're not doing seafood delivered half across town. We're not doing that. an hour away. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Or All right, boys. Going. All right, guys. Thanks again. Appreciate All right, guys. it. Yep. Thanks. See you,
0: guys.
3: Right, hey, you, fellas.
0: I had to shake them on my last case. Big O don't play. O don't...